Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. episode of social suplexes podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity welcome to all things elite i am your host floyd johnson and with me today is the yin to my yang a person that disagrees with me on everything from one nation radio we have mr james boyd how you doing james I'm doing good, but like I don't understand the introduction like this. Like you know, this is a podcast with a proclivity for positivity, and I'm the yin to your yang, which means like I'm I'm this you know this negative asshole. But okay, exactly, I, yeah, exactly. Wow. I was I was trying okay. to be subtle about it because even when we're negative, we try to be subtly negative. But hey, if you want to call me out, call me out. I, I call that I call that you call that like subtlety. I call that passive aggressive. I appreciate how you gave me the intro and I know you don't really mean that because you just said to me that if something were to happen to you due to uh, the ongoing uh, effects of what's going on around the world, I'm trying to beat around the bush like WWE, that you will want me and also my co-host Rich to get all of your Cody stuff. So like, mm-hmm. I, I think you, you think that, you know. You don't really think that lowly of me. Yes, I, I, I yes. think this is all game. I, I, I promise I would give it to Tiffany, but she has it all. And then some. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> no, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, James and me, we, we're in the social suplex thread. And we get in every now and then we get into uh, back and forth. And it's amazing. I enjoy it because it's fun for me. I like to argue. Cause, yeah, because you like to troll me. Yes, I, it's not trolling. I just take it's trolling. I take alternative I, I looks at things, and I stick with it, even after about three, at least three to six lines after I know I'm wrong. <laughs> I start off in genuine thinking I'm right. You then <laughs> prove me wrong, and I still just keep going with it because it's fun for me. <laughs> but in, in the first post. Is usually my genuine feelings about it. Mm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now, the, the best part is, like, 
even when I'm positive, he's like, nah, 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 that's not it. Like, I'm like, I don't care if the people are small or not or whatever. Like, just go out there and have a match. You're like, nah, 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 nah. They must, they must fit. They must be on the six foot two or taller scale for me to buy them as an athlete. I'm like, uh, see, okay. And, and, and okay. I think people, okay. you, see, I will always say we can start with this to make a clarification. I don't care if you're under six foot. Couple of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Taz and Chris Benoit. I know mm-hmm. people might hate that, but yeah, it's true. Are under six foot. I'm mm-hmm. saying you have to look tough. You have to give off a vibe that you can win into a fight. That's all I want. When I look mm-hmm. at someone like Jungle Boy, I don't get that vibe. Now, to say someone actually smaller than him, Darby Allen does give me that vibe. I've never said Darby Allen needed to gain weight because I buy Darby Allen in his certain position. I don't buy Jungle Boy. He's too pretty and he's skinny. I don't like it. He doesn't look like he can win a fight. Okay. So basically what you're saying is you got to put like a scar on Jungle Boy's chest and then you'll buy him. Yeah, exactly. If he puts on All a right. little weight, I can take it, but I'm just like, you have to look like I have to be physically intimidated by you. I was walking through an airport with Darby Allen, and Darby Allen dresses like that 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The character <laughs> he presents in the ring is how he dresses at 6 a.m. at the airport. I know this because I was with him at 6 a.m. in the airport. That dude, something looks wrong with him. He looks like, you know what? I'm not going to fuck with you. That's what Darby Allen gives me. And you know what? I dig it. I dig that about Darby Allen. Even though Darby Allen is a heel, I still. Like, so this is more yin and yang stuff. That man's not a heel. He's a baby face. I don't know. He, I don't, a, he doesn't do anything he, baby face, though. Baby faces help. If their tag team partner's getting jumped, a baby face goes and helps him. If baby face okay, doesn't then with, punch with, his partner after the match for absolutely no reason, that is not something yeah. baby faces do. What baby face have you been watching that I haven't? Okay, so should I rephrase it from saying babyface to saying anti-hero? Would that make you feel better? That would be because he is not a babyface. Okay, in, fine. By he any is means. an anti. <laughs> I mean, if you go in kayfabe, he is not a babyface. <laughs> He's like hey, anti-hero, stone cold. Stone cold is the guy to drink a beer with you and then stun you. I wouldn't have called him a babyface. I'm just saying. He was. I would say. I would say when he's out here trying to save uh, Stephanie from getting, um, you know, sacrificed to whatever God Undertaker was sacrificing to. I would call that being heroic. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. He was yeah, saving like, the daughter of the man he hated from being right, sacrificed. Right. Right, because it was the right thing to do, which is you know yeah. Yeah. A, something. A, right. And I mean, when it comes to Darby, like you talk about the punch, whatever. You you always leave out the context of the punch. The punch was. He went and saved this dude from getting his brain smashed in again with another chair shot, and at the end, he taking a loss. So he's furious at that dude, and he decked him. Cody didn't hit him. <laughs> Cody did nothing. He got attacked. He was frustrated. That's <laughs> yes, all it was. Yes, and that's okay, what so good guys this, do. This, this, this is what I'm gonna leave it to. This is what I'm gonna leave it to. <laughs> How does Chris Jericho handle him? He calls him a jerk because he hates all baby faces. That's pretty much the end of the story. They're narrating this as if he's a baby face. Well, Chris, if you want to. If you want to be hypercritical because, oh, my God, he he breathed on Cody, therefore I must defend uh, Cody no, at all costs, no. then, what, then it is well, what it my is. First, but, you're missing out on my first reason he's a heel. If MJF and Wardlow were in the ring and people came in and attacked, and MJF left Wardlow to get beat up 
everybody's like, Wardlow's MJF's a dick. Man, he's playing a great heel. John Moxley was getting the shit beat out of him, and Darby Allen was watching it on the screen. That is a heel. Okay, so what I would say to you is, at that point in time when that happened, there were two people between him and him getting out there. And also, by the time he would have got out there, his ass had already been whooped. That's what baby faces do. Hold on, let me finish. Let me finish. (laughs) And also, because this is the AEW camera crew, and I would say this also for the main roster camera crew, we don't know if we were supposed to see him in the ring. We we might have thought that might just been a bad camera shot that we were never supposed to see. I don't know. All I know is what I saw, and what I saw is my man's watching his tag team partner for the evening get the shit beat out of him. Huh? The evening for the evening for the evening yeah for the I don't evening. know what he owes do I don't know what he owes hey, the other dude like said, what hey, do he owe Moxley Moxley DDT him use, on his head like let me use your it. words against you baby faces okay. do do the right thing when Stephanie McMahon, not all the time sometimes <laughs> sometimes not yeah, all the time I haven't seen not Darby Allen do the right thing in a while because that dude just keeps doing heel shit so well what would be a while like would it be this year. Well, I guess it's funny because in the same match that he protects Cody from the chair shot, he then punches him in the face. And I'm like, he was frustrated. That's what I'm saying. It's like, hey, man, I didn't let them hit you so I can knock you out. I don't know. Okay. No, I, okay. So this is, um, <laughs> for lack of a better phrase, WWE ism to where they're building tension between the two baby faces by having them strike each other. Like, WWE has gotten themselves into this weird pattern which kind of started with or not started but like it kind of became like a huge staple when it came to like AJ Styles is like when he was babyface when he was a, a champion in 2018 or whatever he consistently would have these babyface versus babyface feuds where they would tease up to the line and then eventually it would lead to blows where somebody like took a cheap shot or someone you know you know did whatever in these multi-person tags set up you know the tension and it was like they find that babyface versus babyface is boring to have the bills and type of tension beyond just, I want to be the best. So that's where they go with. Now, the Darby thing with Darby and Cody, because I think, like, personally, like, this is, Cody and Darby is my favorite uh, Cody rivalry in AEW. Um, I think they're... Mine, too. Mine, too. I was oh, okay. agreeing. Yeah, like, I think the thing is, like, they're building this thing to where, like, you're not going to little brother me or whatever else. I'm not going to be the good little boy. But, I mean, that's just me projecting. And they haven't said, any, said anything like that of the sort. But I will say, like, they got them a little something from a few weeks ago when they had punch. And then they had this match, and it was another banger between those two. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, I, I let me tell you. Uh, when it comes to Darby Allen, I give him mm. a lot of shit. But I think, I mean, I love the guy. I do. I love the guy. My shit giving to him is in the kayfabe sense is that you don't really know what he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he doesn't yeah. have. He doesn't have friends. He does shit. It's like it's very confusing on yeah. what he is, which is to me is different, and I like that about him. It's just I'm always gonna give him shit because he hit Cody. I'm just saying. <laughs> Gonna give the new shit. It doesn't mean I don't actually like him. He's like just, just, talented. just, just wait till like nine months from now when Cody turns on him, dude. It's, it's I'm gonna, gonna, lo- it's oh, gonna happen. Uh, heel Cody is my favorite Cody, and oh, explaining God. heel gonna... Cody's actions as face oh, actions God. is my favorite thing in the world to do. When Cody like went started presenting face, I like you know I love him, support him no matter what. But that was very disappointing. I, I I love I want I want dickhead Cody. I want I'm the EVP so I can make whatever rules I want, Cody. 
I oh, God. love that Cody. I want that Cody. I okay. That Cody. Oh, <laughs> God. Okay, the Cody that I like, I like this Cody because he does somehow, uh, I thought that we were going to get less shenanigans in his matches. And, you know, I think on a match-for-match basis, there are less shenanigans in matches, so, like, that's a big thumbs up for me. But I will say that, like, I'm not a person that watches BTE regularly, but the stuff I saw when he was a heel, when he was, like, for example, in the ski lounge, uh, the one time with Brandy and, um, and Pharaoh, and, like, it was just, like, what I'm doing is I'm going to, like, basically stunt on all of the indies by being like this former WE or with this big money. And I'm just going to, you know, run out of ski lounge for a day or for a weekend or whatever else with the misses. And we're going to go out here. We're just going to be hugged up. Like, I just thought that was just so just, just so dripping with evil. I loved it so much, but so I really do like Hill Cody, but like, then it comes to his matches and the only real match that I ever really like, uh, truly dug a hundred percent out of the Hill Cody stuff was like his, uh, Russell kingdom 12 match with, uh, with Abushi. I love that match, but, you know, I, I, you know, I think it's a situation where you kind of have to tell him to chill out at times, whatever else, and he don't chill out when he's a heel. So right. I kind of, it, you know, it's a mixed bag. Like either way, he's really good, and I think if you want to, you know, be ever get into this match, um, you know, I think that Darby, what he was doing last week, where he was working over Sammy's um, leg, um, him doing the work in the middle of the match with uh, Cody, like it worked out a lot better because one, I think. Cody's a better seller than, than Sammy, a lot better. And also, like, the dynamic, you know, is a lot a lot more clean when it's in less money when it's, okay, it's face versus face, but, like, one face is smaller, so he has to come up with something to try to come back with, and we're going to use his leg to have him work over Cody's leg. And, and Cody was very good at selling throughout the whole match, where, like, last week it was kind of like, it's almost like they're doing this match in reverse with with Babyface and Hill dynamic. Yeah. Uh, so like I thought I thought it sung like once we got um you know once we got the legwork with Cody and then we you know the last two thirds of the match like I thought it sung. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute because the ending was very very uh, polarizing. I feel yeah. like yeah, some people loved it, some people hated it. But I'm gonna start after that interlude. We got to uh, start by asking, how are you handling is- in- uh, isolation? What are you doing to pass the time, sir? <clears throat> so I am a person that is uh, a homebody at-, at heart anyway. So um, my routine isn't that much different than it normally is. Um, like, so I, I, I'm not, it's not that much of, a, of an adjustment. Like, obviously, you know, your body kind of gets, uh, you know, stir crazy or whatever else. So you got to kind of, you know, find something to do with your time. But, um, you know, outside of that, like, I, I can understand if you're someone that's always on the go, like, this is being a maddening time for you. Yeah, that's me. Uh, Oklahoma <laughs> started opening. They opened up restaurants yesterday. They opened up, like, salons and barbershops last week. They opened up restaurants yesterday. And in, what, 24 hours, I have been to Chili's set-down restaurant. And today oh I God. went to IHOP and sat down. Because oh, man. Today, the today, I have to wish a happy 48th birthday to the greatest human that ever lived, franchise Viagra, Samoan Thor, the hardest working man in Hollywood, the people's champ, The Rock. This is my post from Facebook. He is so great. He only can produce girls because the world can't handle another one of him. Every other human is inferior. 
The Rock's birthday, 48th birthday today, May 2nd. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. He did go to the U. His only, only, his only fault in his existence <laughs> is that he went to Miami and continues to donate money to that shit school. Thank you. <laughs> hey, not enough because they're indoor. Hey, still not enough money because their indoor practice facility is still only sixty-five yards long. No, nope, 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 nope. Uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, uh, I am not handling isolation. I wasn't handling isolation well. It seems to be slowly going away here. You will probably hear more uh, more reports of the corona. But whenever Oklahoma does, Florida does better. Because their governor comes out yesterday and says, WWE, UFC, come on down. We'll let you run your shows. And not only will you let you run your shows, in like two to three weeks, we're going to let you have people at it. Fuck everything. Yo state, brother. <laughs> hey, man. Like, I, I have, I, I, I love the state of Florida. Uh, I've lived in the state of Florida for all but maybe, uh, all but a couple months of my entire life. Uh, what I will say to you is like, I'm very, I'm very much as much as I love Florida. I can say this as much as I love, um, America. Like I'm very, very aware of what's going on in, in, in the history of this state in, in this country as well. So it's like, it's part of the taking the good and the bad. And you know, that's what it is. And like, yes, this is very much, this state has very much always been the quote unquote Australia of America. And yeah. this is more of that kind of, uh, of examples of, you know, you have, all of this weirdness in, uh, in, in what is the uh, melting pot of this of the state with, um, you know, we, we're, we're Southern, yet there's Miami, yet there's people that, old people that have backwards thoughts or whatever else, plus, you know, um, all of the, uh, plus good weather at times, so it's like, it's so people, it's, it attracts people that probably, you know, if they, like, live down here or knew the people that live down here would never come down here and they get stuck down here, like, it's 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 very very weird. Uh, so yeah, um, and then also you know drugs, lots of drugs. Yeah. Um, so that that's 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 Florida kind yeah. of in a nutshell. Oklahoma to not be outdone. The next day, our governor comes out said, "Don't don't go to Florida. You can come to Oklahoma because you know that's a destination on everybody's to do list." <laughs> Middle you know, America, man. You're just like, hey, double or nothing. Don't go to Jacksonville or don't go to. Don't go to Miami. Don't go to any place with sun and beaches. Come to oh, Oklahoma no. during tornado season. No, I'm good. Yeah, like I, I could, I could see them. I could see old, old Uncle Tony taking a hard pass on that one. <laughs> it's like no, no, I'm not coming to Oklahoma. But uh, so, so the problem is, it's starting to create hope for me because I'm like, well, if they can do this in a few weeks, it's May second. Oh God. Double or nothing. Oh God! Is May twenty third. Oh Lord! And if there are people at double or nothing, one of those people will be me. Absolutely, <laughs> first row. And I'll be extra loud because we ain't gonna have that many people there. So I gotta scream extra loud. <sighs> then I'm gonna take a little trip down to Tampa or your area, find James and give him a hug. Cause you know, oh yeah, sharing. You know, oh, yeah. you, you got to share with your friends, you know. And if I get the oh, Rona, yeah. share it with all my friends. <laughs> You're fairly young and healthy. You can take it. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But yes, if they do a show in Jacksonville, 
I will be there. Okay, so you, because you're a Florida State fan as well, like you, um, you've taken the trip from the, the drive from Oklahoma to Tallahassee before, right? Yeah. How many hours is that? About thirteen. Uh, okay, so that's that'd be, be like a fifteen-hour drive then. Yeah, sixteen. Yeah, yeah. To Jacksonville, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all on I ten, so. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I yeah. I mean, distance is nothing. Again, I once I, I bring this up not to brag, just to tell people how how much driving I can do is I went from Oklahoma City, picked up my friends in Houston, and then drove to Brooklyn. Wow. Yeah, for uh the Summer Slam I think it was Finn it was uh Finn Naller and Kevin Owens. Like a ladder match. Finn Balor and Kevin Owens. Yeah, oh, that's uh that's two thousand fifteen. That's okay. a, that's a. It's funny that you like you named like that's how you remember that that takeover. Meanwhile, like the match everyone was talking about that weekend was Sasha and, and, and uh, Sa- Sasha and Bailey. Like that was that's how I kind of remember that that weekend. But no, you know. no, mine was two thousand seventeen. I was wrong. I picked the wrong one. Oh, okay, it's two thousand seventeen. Okay. Okay. I hated two thousand fifteen because you know Kevin Owens lost. It was two thousand. Uh, it was two thousand seventeen. Because I was actually going to use this to tell story. It was uh, McIntyre retired, beating Rude, and becoming the That's NXT right. champion. I was right. so excited because I was going to be at the show that McIntyre won the NXT championship. Then I would have been at the show McIntyre won the Royal Rumble. Then I would have been at the show he finally won the title at WrestleMania. Then Corona happened. That bitch Corona happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that was, that was going to be the thing. Yeah, I, I I was thinking about it about how like you know how much stuff we lost and like what almost this year feels like in wrestling compared to previous years because of like no arenas and what that has done to like the amount of cancellations and what that means for the what that could mean for the business of the future or whatever else and like what the possible you know doom and gloom that's ahead. But it's also like you know just on its most simple base, like yo, there's we're going to look back this year, like, if things don't change or whatever else, we look back and like, wow, this is, we only got, like, three months worth of worth of the year. And, like, when it comes to people trying to document this year in the history of pro wrestling and as far as saying these were the matches that meant the most this year or whatever else, like, it might it might just, like, stop and end at, like, uh, Revolution. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a guy in New York that had been to every WrestleMania, like, mm-hmm. every WrestleMania. And I even said, I know WWE doesn't think like this because they're WWE, but dude, I would have literally flew that guy out for that show and had mm-hmm. him as the one guy watching every match because he had been to every WrestleMania. I was like, well, you don't want that streak to, you don't want that. I wouldn't want, as a as a guy that owns the company, I wouldn't want that streak to end. You know what I mean? Well, you, you have a point, but I would also like to point out to you that WWE is also the same company that like, what year did they break Hebner's or not Hebner, but uh, um, but but Finkel's uh, streak? Yeah. But Finkel had been in like thirty plus WrestleManias, at least doing a Hall of Fame, and then like I think it was the WrestleMania thirty five and like thirty fifth year. Nah, cut mm-hmm. it off right here. So, yeah, you know, it, if they don't care about Finkel, they don't care about no damn fans. Yeah, but it's crazy because you did, you know, there's a network special about him being to every WrestleMania. You think? Okay. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's even worse. So that's it's a network special about him going to every WrestleMania. So 
have that one guy there that would not have like broken quarantine, <laughs> you know, just like one guy there say, "Hey, we can't let you miss, let you miss WrestleMania," and then you know, all people would have got that warm fuzzy feeling. And the WWE is one of those companies that really need people to get some warm fuzzy feelings about them. It's like sometimes I don't think it's the product; I think it's just people hate them so much that they won't allow them to let themselves watch the show anymore. Um, I, I I'm not saying a, I'm I saying, think it's a few things, but yeah, that's one of them. Yeah, that's I'm definitely not, one of them. I'm not saying the product is good. I'm not, but I'm just saying I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. We're not here to bash on the WWE. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying the bad feeling you get. You know what I mean? When you're yeah, like, yeah. It was like Chick Fil A for like a year or two there. You know, everybody's like, man, I love Chick Fil A, but they're kind of dicks. they're homophobes. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of yeah. dicks. So yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. really want to eat there. So somebody that might have eat there once a week went to like once every two or three, <laughs> once every two or three months. Like I, I really want one, and then you know, kind of goes away. But WWE, it's like every few months they do something else that makes their fans hate them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I don't know, if, and I don't know if it's because like, you know. A lot of the money they've made, you know, in the past few years as they've had less and less casual fans is like they've been able to lean more on their hardcore fans for, you know, spending more money on tickets by, as, they, as they raise the ticket prices or whatever else and, you know, still relying on them to buy merch and whatnot. And, you know, I think a lot of that is like having such a fan base as that hardcore and then like follows like the goings on of like, you know, off behind the camera stuff and to hear about like some of the ugliness and then you know obviously you know with um the saudi arabia shows like a lot of that kind of wears on people or whatever else in a way that were like you just lose like you know you lose all your goodwill or not all of it you lose a lots of goodwill as you know more and more stories come up and like you know like if i'm a you know if I am, you know, a fan of, you know, Star Wars movies or, well, less, I was going to say, or the uh, MCU was really, like, just saying, I was a fan of, like, any of these Disney properties, like, you don't really get as attached because they give you, you know, because there is no real, like, you know, Dave Meltzer or Sean Ross Sapp or Ryan Satin or, or whoever else that's, like, you know, has that kind of access to people to, you know, ver- you know, give people this kind of stuff and let them know this kind of stuff. And it's kind of like, by y'all doing that instead of just having everybody sign NDAs kind of kind of like hurts y'all from a perspective of we know too much and we don't get to just, you know, enjoy the product as much as it is deal with the political side of your business that we probably, you know, we'd be better, the fan base would be better off not probably knowing. Yeah, and you know, most casuals, casual casuals don't know right. this goes on or care. Right. And, you know, that's all, you know, but it's funny. It's like like I always talk about, you know, protective. You know, we've talked about protective business. I'm so, like, I think the business is almost too open now. Personally, I'm not saying like, think I'm protective of killing kayfabe. I know I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking okay. about. It's just so much of the inner goings and everything that happens when somebody gets released, when somebody's getting yeah. pushed and not pushed. All yeah. that stuff seems to be just like public knowledge. It's mm-hmm. like you're shocked when they're able to actually keep a secret you know what i mean yeah yeah and i, I think i think this interesting is like you look at the, the wednesday night shows right dynamite and nxt on a weekly basis and 
we don't i mean we have ideas because like they kind of book things in a way that is kind of linear and leads you to you know make the common sense conclusions because that's what a t that's what a regular tv show does as opposed to thinking like someone's going to just you know pull a pull a you know a rabbit out of hat and then it's the time for the rabbit to go out there and perform this week and then like be gone in three weeks but um i think that the fact that you know you have, uh, and I've said this before, but like when you have Tony Khan or all the guys and in, in, in gals in AEW doing interviews with anybody else and they're allowed to say what they want or whatever else because they're not being, you know, for lack of a better word, fucked with at, at you know, at a certain, or they're cur- you're jerked around at a certain time and they're kind of, you know, content and uh, happier, um, seem comparatively speaking to um, what we hear all the time with other talents in WWE. Uh, and then you also look at NXT with, um, when Triple H comes out, and he does the media availability the week, like the few days before every takeover, or whatever else, and he's kind of like he's answering questions, or whatever else, and obviously he's doing he has to sidestep stuff when he has to, but it feels like he answers everything that he feels like that, that he feels like he can answer when I listen to those things, and it's almost like look, and meanwhile, like they feel more transparent AWNXT than the main roster. Even though we know nothing about what they're actually going to do aside from what's on screen on their um on their television show, and it's like they're just they're not as but like they're close to as to the vest as as WWE the main roster is, but they just have they they just handle it a different way to where it doesn't feel like you're being you know screwed with or whatever else. Like it, it feels like it's easier to you know accept whatever they're doing and just go with it as opposed to you know. All the times, you know, Jinder Mahal gets thrown down your throat or, you know, Roman Reigns is pushing you before he was ready or um, any number of things or when you're going, you know, going to run with, you know, um, Lacey Evans and, and until like it didn't work or whoever else at the time. It just feels like they're actually working in conjunction with you, the fan, as opposed to you're going to get what we want, damn it. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's the big thing. I've even said it with AEW. As far as Dynamite over the last few weeks when they had to record, the mm-hmm. one thing that you didn't get is that was week to week the adjustments that you were getting every week. And mm-hmm. and I thought that kind of hurt the show. You know, that kind of hurt the show. If, like there was just a week that I just didn't like what was presented. And, was it two weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah, two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago, I thought was the worst episode of Dynamite. Now, no, and I completely agree with you. And it was like very hard for me to even do (laughs) the show because it's like I am the positivity guy. And I was just like, man, (laughs) it was rough. Well, I didn't think the show sucked. I just thought it was just uh, their show, which is like, if that's the worst show you've done in six months, then like you've done a great fucking job. Right? Yeah. It's really. It's really, really hard to do six months of television and only have one show that like someone wouldn't say wouldn't describe as good, and that show isn't necessarily yeah, it, like, bad. I, it's just there. That's what I was like. It was not bad. It was boring. <laughs> it was like <laughs> that's what I said. I was like, it was boring, and, and, and I'm not again. I'm not going to drone on it because they come back the two weeks after that, and, right? You know, put on really good shows, and I was like, oh, okay, that's what I'm used to, and it's just like, but if you like me. I compare wrestling to a TV show, just like gotcha. any other TV show. Eventually, no matter what the TV show, the, not every episode of The Office was a banger. Right. <laughs> you know, you had a show episode that its point was just to get to the next episode, which was going to be amazing. You know what I mean? And it was just like, okay, that's what we had there. And it's like, 
But I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, that was amazing because it wasn't, you know. But, right, uh, right. But, yeah. So, but, yeah, you, if you think about it, you know, they've been on since October. And that was the first time I could say I really did not like an episode. So, mm-hmm. it being 100% honest, and I'm like, with any TV show, that's a great percentage. That's yeah. an amazing percentage. <laughs> I wish I could say that about any other wrestling show I liked. That, oh, okay, every six or seven months, they're going to have an episode I didn't like. I'm like, you go back to even the Attitude Era, where I could honestly say the time I looked forward to watching wrestling the most, you know, they had a, you go back and watch it now, they had a few episodes that were like, not good. A few, <laughs> yeah. And they, it, I, it, it, I, I think you're being very, very generous, Floyd. Like, I, you know what? It was like I will tell everybody. When I was in high school, I was not athletic. You know, I was in AP classes, so I was the smart guy, or whatever. So, not a lot made me popular. But when wrestling got hot, mm-hmm. my popularity went from like <laughs> non-existent to really high. Everybody wanted to talk to me every Tuesday. So that was a great time for me. So I do romanticize that time a lot because I went from non-existent to everyone knew who I was. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I like I wasn't like the most popular person, but I was a person that people talked to every day. They was like, well, "What'd you think about that? What'd you think about that? What did you do that?" And it was like because I knew everyone. It was just. Yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. <laughs> it was a good time in Floyd's existence. Wrestling got popular. In my junior, like my sophomore, junior, and senior year, that's okay. That's kind of when you want something that you love to get popular. It was just I was just that nerdy guy that watched the fake stuff for a long time. Then it became cool to watch the fake stuff. Just yeah, kinda like overnight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> like it, it's really interesting because I was um at that time. Like when I was in school and, and wrestling was popping or whatever, I was like, I would, I my the um the house I was in, like we had multiple TVs, luckily, so like I would watch like one, and then like I would, or actually probably probably most was a channel flip at one point. Now I realized like, you know, this is ridiculous. So I just watch one, and then like I'll just tape the other, right? So like depending on which one was hotter, like I probably like doing the Sting. During the Sting NWO run, like I was probably watching WCW, and then like I would record Raw or whatever else, and then like it flipped where I was watching Raw, and then I would like record WCW or whatever else. So like I would, what I would do is I would um, I would watch one, go to sleep, get up early in the morning, watch the other, and then like I would like get rent out my tape to or my loan my tape out to whoever like in the click in high school or not high school, but in elementary school would you know, wanted or was watching both and wanted to see the other one. I just like hand them back and like, all right, give back to me, you know, in before in a couple of days, whatever else. So like, yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's really interesting how like that has changed. Like I remember like I got to, uh, middle school and it was just like, I don't think I, I don't know if I don't like this anymore, if I just like football more or, or what, but like, this isn't like as, as fun as it used to be. And then, like, so I stopped watching less, and then all of a sudden, like, The Rock lost WrestleMania 16 to under to Triple H, and I was like, yeah, I'm done. Like, I just dropped it cold turkey. I never watched it again until uh, 2009, basically, like, WrestleMania 25 match, where, like, brought me back to watching the uh, Sean and Undertaker match. See, and, um, and that's what I never had. To, I never had the lull because my brother, who's quite a bit older than me, is the mm-hmm. reason 
is the reason I'm a wrestling fan. And that was always our tying bind. Gotcha. Uh, once he moved out and he got, he was able to start getting the pay-per-views. I was over his house every month watching the pay-per-views. So wrestling never went away. You know, it just was always there. I, I can honestly take, there's like a period of time that I honestly remember being less interested. I was still watching it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But gotcha. it wasn't like super fan. And then, uh, the build, and I'd say between, it was between 18, uh, yeah, like after 16, so 17 and 18, I was into it, but not as into it, and then I was able to go to 19, and then I haven't turned back since then, so, yeah. WrestleMania, yeah, just, WrestleMania Live experience changed my life as far as wrestling. What well, WrestleMania it, was that? 19, that was my first one. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah that and, can do it. The live experience just, like, Oh my God! This is the greatest thing ever. I need to be here every year. And then I went to 1920, and then there was this huge gap of not going to WrestleMania, and that was very, very, very depressing. That was depressing. <laughs> I got married, and my wife, you know, and we were poor, and yeah, we're super poor, dude. We were so broke then. I don't know what y'all what y'all do for women out there, but I was st- we were I was staying in a house. We were staying in a house way above my uh, way above my pay grade, and mm-hmm. and it was like we were paying rent, we were paying bills, and then it was like we would make our shopping list. We had this much money a week, and we had to make it work because you had to take out gas and all that stuff. But yeah, everybody don't want to hear about that. I was broke for a long time for a long period of time, so I did not like that. Then I got divorced, which is the greatest thing that ever happened to me in my life. I recommend it if you're not happy. <laughs> I don't know to do that. I don't. I'm I, I, I I married again. I, I love my wife, but God dang, I don't understand. I'll tell you where I was as far as happiness, financially, everything when I was married to, to that first time. To where I am right now, yeah. Uh-huh. Positive Floyd was born after I got divorced. Mm. <laughs> like, dude, it was a year of oh god, I'm sad and lonely, and then it was like after that, it was like, dude, I'm awesome. You do you know that? Yeah, gotta say, fake confidence goes a long way. Just telling y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Fake it until you make it. So BTE two oh one, a message in the sky. Uh there was a bunch of Luchasaurus stuff in there. I watched it. The Luchasaurus trippy looking for his tail and then kind of fighting a snake or some shit. I did not get that. I will tell you that went completely over my head. If anybody wants to tag all at AT Elite Pod and explain that to me, I will I will take your explanation because I had no idea what was going on. The highlight of this episode is when Matt and Nick look up in the sky and see those magic three letters to my favorite tag team, the greatest tag team in wrestling today, hashtag FTR, because it's time for everyone to fear the revolt. What did you think about it, James? Yeah, um, this is, you know, a, a pretty badly kept secret over the last, you know, year, year and a half with, um, them wanting to get out, and now that there's a AEW, 
Um, it makes perfect sense for them to fit in. Um, I think that Young Bucks versus uh, the Revolt is a obvious um, is an obvious thing that needs to be done. Um, obvious matches matches would be very similar to uh, the um, Revival DIY matches. Um, and honestly, the Revival DIY matches are my favorite tag team matches of all time. My so, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I think that you know is it is it's a perfect fit. Um, and you know, I don't know if they're gonna come in the, the next live taping or if that's something for after, um, double or nothing, too. But, um, you know, whenever they whenever they come around, like, I'm just in, you know, those are gonna be some of the most highly anticipated matches of the year. Yeah, they're gonna be my favorite matches. If you uh go to the social suplex fantasy uh draft, uh, each of us recorded our cards this week and we uh the guy uploaded on social suplex one of my matches one of my main three main event matches was ftr versus the young bucks i've been waiting for this match for years <laughs> it is my favorite tag team in the world ftr and it's funny i i, I brought this up because i've been talking about the revival like they were a member of the AEW uh roster for like six months now just count down to the days that they released. That uh, at one time, if you would ask me my favorite tag teams in the world, I would have said in WWE it's the Revival, in Impact it's LAX, in New Japan mm. it's the Young Bucks. That would have <laughs> been my list. Now they're all under the same roof. I like I don't know what to do. I've ordered like three Revival shirts in the last two weeks, or the Revolt <laughs> shirts in the last two weeks. It's, I haven't seen their shirts. Are they good? What do they look like? Well, he's the ones got their new symbol, and it says okay. "Fear the Revolt." And then they they had the one with the uh, whole Thanos uh, animation thing, where it said "Free," or "Free," uh, uh, "Free the Revival" or whatever. Okay. It. So I got that one, and I forgot what the other one was because I bought a lot of shirts. So I have three of those. Then I have uh, I just bought my third Proud and Powerful shirt, uh, which is Santana Ortiz in cartoon form on the brown shirt. That's fun. And then I have like. I countless Young Buck shirts. I'm not going to even begin to count. Because for a while, when you were doing meet and greet, you would get a shirt with it. So I'd like go to all the meet and greets. So I have like five or six Young Buck shirts. So it's like all my favorite tag teams. And then, of course, the Lucha Bros. All my favorite tag teams are going to be wrestling each other. And it's just like I love Kenny. And I love Kenny. And, uh, and I love the Hangman. Love them. But we need to get those belts on a real tag team now. <laughs> I mean... The first tag team was SU. Do you consider that like to be some weird no, thing? Because it no, was no, more they're, of a, is they're a real tag team. I'm just okay. saying right now I, I they're they're with okay. you know this is like the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. It's like it's cool for a time, but now it needs to okay. get on a real tag team. I don't care who okay. it is, honestly, because you have the best tag team division in the world, and your belts are on a part time tag team. Why would you do that? I mean, it was one of the, it was a, it was one of those simple like we need to boost up, uh, you know, Hangman, and it got him there. So and I I'm, mean, mission accomplished. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they probably wouldn't be champions if we were still taping live shows every week. You they think probably, so? You think they already took them off, took the belt off? Them? Yeah, I think that they would have dropped it off of it to continue the story of Hangman versus Kenny. Oh, you thought yeah, that was going to happen at yeah, Double Nothing? Yeah. Okay. I thought, I thought that was going to happen at Double or Nothing, but okay. Shit, life has happened, so they've had to adjust. <laughs> But yeah, so like I I do like that they're building to them two versus the best friends because the best friends are a good serviceable tag team. They're a good yeah. team. 
Do you okay? So real quick, and we'll get into the um, the uh, best friends in Orange Orange Cassidy stuff. Yeah. Do you think that Blood and Guts is going to be the turning point where they were going to then pull the trigger on a separation and it led to Hangman and uh, Kenny at um, yes. at Double or Nothing? Yeah, okay. I think one of them were going to turn. I don't know okay. who was going to turn. I mean, okay. per- preferably Kenny turning. That's my preference. <laughs> is Kenny turning? I Hangman is Hangman and Darby are in that same window. Uh, oh yeah, they, they're they're complete jerks, but everyone loves them. Yeah, yeah, they, they people are. love them. So I wouldn't ever go sh- full heel with Hangman because it just wouldn't make sense. People love him the way he is. So, but yeah, Kenny Kenny Hill, that works for me because you know that's what he R- was. That's how exactly. that's how he got where he was was being ill. So yeah, like I, it's it's this weird thing where like. People love Kenny and rightfully so because he's a he's a he's one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. But like, it's this weird thing with me where like any whether he's a babyface or a heel, whenever he talks, like it feels like he's a heel. And I don't, I can't put my finger on what it is. I don't know if it's because of his delivery is like so as it is like deliberate, um, like pace when he talks or whatever. It feels calculating yeah. or whatever else. And I feel like that's kind of a. a, a character trait of a heel or if it's his voice or like the tone he kind of puts on his voice when he talks to try to sound tough for lack of a better word but like he feels like a heel through and through but like he could do both but like I feel like his perfect you know like if I were to say what do I want out of Kenny Omega like in a North American wrestling uh, uh, promotion is like have him be a top heel yeah I mean, and his promo style reminds me of Shawn Michaels. Even when Shawn Michaels mm. was his baby face, as a baby face, he was so cocky that it mm. still came off heelish. It still came off like he's a dick. And that's Kenny Omega. It's huh. like when you know he's the best and he doesn't, he like, no matter how he says it, he still comes off like that. Because I would <laughs> call Shawn Michaels an all-time great promo. Never would. He was fun a lot of times with DMX, but he wasn't an all-time great promo. But he got his point across, and I think Kenny Omega does that very well. But he he seems like more of a natural heel. Just like even when Shawn Michaels was with Jose Lothario, you was just waiting for him to kick that old man. (laughs) I was like, like, why is this old man taking a super kick? Because that was him. You know, it just works. So I think Kenny Omega works on that level. But, I never really, I never really thought about it with Sean, but like, I, I, I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah, it's just like at the time they were like the best wrestlers in the world, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was like when you're that you. good, it's really hard to be like, oh, I'm the plucky underdog because you're not. Once you're, right, right. once you're the Yankees, it's hard to be humble. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude, no. But uh, yeah, on dark this week, just going through real quick, just so everybody has information. Jimmy Havoc, uh, the world's greatest African-American jobber list continues as Jimmy Havoc defeats Sean Dean with a Fisherman's DDT and the best friends defeat Musa and Lee Johnson with what is that? I always go blank. What's Beretta's move called? And they do a spike version. Uh, I, do they call it a strong zero? I guess. Yes, that's what they call it. Uh, yeah, with the strong spike, strong zero. And they get the win that quick. It was very quick episode of a very quick episode of Dark. I know they just want to keep you know keep people having people turn it on their 
Tuesday, uh, turn it on YouTube Tuesdays at six o'clock. That's why they can continue to do it. I get it. You build the habit, but uh, it was uh, it was like one of those things. I heard. I think you said it on your show, or someone said it on their show. I can't remember which one said that they probably should just stop doing dark and save the material for dynamite. But you know, I get the whole idea of you want it to be routine. You want people to okay. Tuesday I turn uh, Tuesday I bring up YouTube at six. Wednesday at seven I bring up TNT to watch Dynamite. You know, it's something about it. Believe me, I watch Raw every Monday. Every Monday. If 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 I was somehow, if I somehow skipped a Monday or I had to do something, I would. My Monday would feel off. Hmm. So. How did your Monday feel like as far as watching Apollo Crews versus Andrade for like 50 minutes in two different matches? How was that? I am one of those people that I, when Apollo Crews signed, I went and watched as much as UI Nation as I could. Right, right. And I I was like, man, this guy could be really, really good. So yeah. the fact that they hadn't pushed him so long had disappointed me. So mm-hmm. I was just really excited that he was getting his time on TV. And people were getting to see how talented he was. So it mm-hmm. really didn't bother me just for that. I was just happy for him. Yeah. Because yeah. um, he's I, I, super talented. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just they never came up with a character for him slash. I don't know if his mic skills are ever going to be there. So it's one of those things where, you know, they saw, you know, they're looking for somebody that can do all everything all in one package. And it's like that's very hard to do. And like they you know, they quickly, you know, turn away from people that aren't like what they think is, you know, the perfect wrestler. Yeah. So um, people get lost in the shuffle. So, you know, he's somebody, you know, he gets dusted off every so often. And this is turning, you know, it looks like he's doing pretty well with it. But um, I re- the reason why I really say that is because, like, those three hours, man, like, I had stopped watching Raw, like, on a you know, consistent basis or any with any type of regularity, like, um, probably like May of last year. Um, and then, you know, coming back from WrestleMania, I watched like the last couple episodes or whatever else. And then I, I watched every episode. And then like this past week, it was just like, uh, no, nah, I'm good. Uh, and it wasn't like, cause the show was necessarily bad or anything. I was just like, I just had no, I just didn't feel like flipping the channel. And like, I didn't feel like, oh my God, like after you've watched a couple episodes of this in a row, like you need to get back in the habit or are you back in the habit or you're going to miss it. It was kind of like, oh, well, I'm, I'm just on YouTube. See, they're doing a good job of this is a perfect time where they don't have to deal with whether the audience is buying something or not. So they're presenting everyone the way they want to present them. Apollo Crews look like, you know, a star over the last few weeks because they presented him the way they wanted to. They, You didn't hear the crowd, like, not know who he is in silence because every crowd is silent. So they, they've they had a good ch- chance with him, and I think they did a good job. Drew McIntyre is another one. They're actually building him like a strong, you know, a strong face. And, I, you know, I could talk about for a while everything that's going good for them. It's just mm-hmm. like, from the people I know that are casual fans, wrestling's not fun to watch without a crowd. It's just not. Yeah. They just don't enjoy yeah. it. They, they just like – I mean, I had a friend just literally like – I don't know who's watching this shit, but this is boring. <laughs> it's like, this is awkward. And I'm like, I get it. I'm more of a hardcore fan than that. But those first two mm-hmm. weeks really were difficult. It was like, mm. like they would do a big spot and 
there would be no, no reaction. Crowd. Right. Like, and that's what. And sometimes I'm like on Mondays I work at night, so I'm watching mm-hmm. it while working it. And if I'm doing like working, and I'll be just listening for a big spot or the crowd to react and look <laughs> over at the screen and be like, oh, something good happened. I don't have that. So right. it was like I was just like literally pausing because I have to pause because I might miss something good because I have no audio reaction to it. That's honestly where I think you would need somebody like Mauro Ronaldo because he tells you when to get excited in yeah. his commentary. He's yeah. exciting, but he tells you when something amazing happens so you know to pay attention. No, no, you have you definitely have a point in like you know we have you know um, whether it's um, for example Shivani and Jericho at the end of um, this week's show of Dynamite after the after that moonsault and like Jericho's like <laughs> he's such a gimmick he comes out and he's like I can't allow this we have to take him out like we, me and the uh, me in the inner circle have to take out. Archer before he becomes too unstoppable. Mm-hmm. We can't let this monster get out the cage because then he'll be dominant and we will never be able to stop him ever again. Like we have to take this dude out. I can't allow this Tony. Like it was hilarious because he's like marking out of this gigantic man doing a, you know, um a top rope moonsault uh onto Dustin. It was and it was a it was a very impressive spot. So like they sell that too. And you know, another match they sold really heavy was um Sheeta versus uh Britt a few weeks ago. Like they they as soon as the action got super or you know very intense like they they got up for it and like you even without a crowd you can rely on your announcers or you should rely on your announcers to put over like this is a big moment in this match yeah. um so so yeah like they're doing all sort all over the place um um in a way that like if it was in front of a in front of a live crowd some of these matches wouldn't be, you know, probably wouldn't work out that kind of way. So maybe it's one of those situations where it's like Michael Cole trying to dead sell you on a um, on some match being super, you know, intense at a, in a big spot in a match when, like, the crowd is, like, you know, dead silent. And you're just like, oh, God, I, he, oh, but God, he I have uses, a soul. He yeah. uses so much of that standard talk that they have that you yeah. don't know if it's an actual exciting moment or if it's <laughs> supposed to be an exciting moment. Yeah, he has no credibility. Yeah, because yeah. you know he sold his soul years ago, and that's fine. Like that's what he wants to do. But like when Morrow gets excited, you know he's really legitimately excited. Yeah. Like um, same thing with Shivani. Like when Shivani is like you know just like I love these Tope suicidas. It's always so, it's always so funny. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, what we were talking about appointment viewing. I will explain. Walking Dead. It was appointment mm-hmm. viewing for a long time for me. Right. It was like, right. So it gets to the season, and after certain characters die, I didn't like the show anymore. Mm-hmm. I watched the show about eight more episodes before I realized I wasn't looking forward to the show anymore. And I was like, oh, this is just kind of what I do Sunday night. And then I, you know, once that snapped me, I was like, I'm not watching this anymore. But WWE, it's 25, 30 years of watching it at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I, like no, I don't think I'm going to go away from that. No, I don't think that's ever going to happen. It just, it would just feel weird. Now, I do do stuff while I watch WWE now, which right, right. 10 years ago, 10 years ago, that wouldn't have mm-hmm. happened. It's okay. I Like, I wouldn't have took a shift where I worked doing <laughs> wrestling. It was like, oh, oh, we need you to work. Uh, We need you to work Uh, 12 to 9, Monday through. No, I'm going to pass on that. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Monday 7, I'm busy. <laughs> now it's like, 
And you need me to do something under you said, well, okay, can I have Raw on at the same time? Well, yeah, okay, that's all I need. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, um, but we were talking about Orange Cassidy and, uh, or actually not Orange Cassidy, but Best Friends as far as yeah. uh, potential, like, um, the next maybe con- contender. Like, they're about to have the match with um, uh, with Havoc and with um, Kip Sabian. Um are you looking forward to this match, or, or how do you, or how do you feel about it? And like and seeing that it's, you know um, on deck, Mad Best Friends are a mid card tag team, right? And it's very hard for me to get excited about a mid card. Mm. I love tag team wrestling, but it's like you were like, are you looking forward to this match? I'm thinking it'll it'll be good. They'll do their things. They'll do their gimmicks. They'll hug in the middle of the ring. But it's like I remember the and. I guess expectations versus reality. Uh, that first double nothing announcement press conference, and they come out in the outsiders gimmick, you know. Oh yeah, yeah like, they're both dressed like, like Scott Hall. Yeah, yeah. and I, I really thought they were going to be pushed as one of their main upfront tag teams. Then mm. the Dark Order gimmick started, and I was like, maybe them versus the Dark Order, maybe that's a big rivalry. And then they just kind of bumped them out the way. And went to Dark Order versus other teams. And you really never got a conclusion to the best friends versus the Dark Order. And it just kind of went away. And it's just like, it's like they they don't take them seriously, so I don't. (laughs) So now, you know, the last few weeks or over the last few weeks, they've been pushing them and they've been winning. I am taking them more seriously. But would would you say, hey, Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc, Kip, Kip Sabian was a guy who was very excited when they signed. It was like he 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 could talk. He seemed he seemed to have some kind of charisma. Unfortunately, it does not come off in his wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's bag of socks, as I've heard called on <laughs> different uh, podcasts. Oh wow! Yeah, and it's just, that's what I'm like. I like Kip. I, I I've actually I actually had to have a con- got to have a conversation with him in Las Vegas. When he was doing signings, like an actual, he just chatting, and the dude is very interesting. It just doesn't come off when he wrestles, and I don't know what right. that's like. Yeah, um, last week I came to the conclusion because Rich had said that he thought that um, eventually, some whatever whatever you know level he's going to get to, it's going to work. And I was, and I asked him. He had told me basically like some something happened on dark, um, and I and I said to him like, well, you know, the thing with Kip is like. It's not that Kip is a bad wrestler. Is that Kip seems to be like the person that um that knows how all the that, that basically knows all the all the like glitches in the video game and knows how to like make uh, knows how to basically like whip up a delicious meal by just pumping stuff with, for example, like sugar and salt and um and and fat as opposed to knowing like how to actually cook and or whatever else. Like he knows like all right these are what these are the things that you do in a match to, like. Tickle, you know your 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 um, uh, what's your word? Uh, like do manipulate your nervous system into thinking like this is a good match as opposed to like having a good match. And it's like eventually, if he's already someone that understands like understands the code in in a sense of like doing these X moves at X amount of time, whatever else. Like eventually, you assume he'll figure out the rest, or yeah. he will eventually figure out the rest. So like he's not somebody I'm going to write off yet, but like 
you know, if I saw Rich, you know, really enjoy whatever he was doing on Dark, so I was like, all right, maybe he's like turning a corner. But you know, yeah, it, 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 it was it, like it all comes he, to the eye beholder when he was coming off as the manager to Penelope, like Penelope right, right, was, Mark Merrill. Yeah, Penelope wore the pants in the relationship, and he was just mm-hmm. kind of being an asshole on the outside. I thought his charisma came across, but mm-hmm. like I said, he he's one of those things. Uh, he's one of those guys that you know, you know, they got QT's, uh, they got QT's gym. He can work in there a little bit more, add a little bit more to his uh, repertoire, make it seem to go together more. Like his move sets don't seem to gel to like it's going to one potential ending. So mm-hmm. I think he could work on that. I, as far as his presentation and stuff, yes, he looks like a shit heel. You know, he looks <laughs> like, a, you know, I used to say like a young Rick Martel. He's pretty. You know, he had he had a hot girlfriend. He has all the reasons you should hate him. It's just I feel nothing. <laughs> you know, and that's 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 the thing. Make me hate you, make me love you, make me laugh. Don't make me feel nothing towards you. Yeah. I <laughs> I I think I think that, you know, uh time will tell him I'm not I'm not ready to be one you know, way no, or the other. No, but I think twenty three. I mean, yeah. And Cody's been throwing out wrestler prime is 34 to 40, you know, 35 to 40. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, that's when he says the wrestler prime is. He's like, if, maybe he, in the nineties, he, he said, if you look at history and he did say historical, uh, when the guys reach their top, that is the period of time that they're at their top. So, you know, you know, unless your career is cut short or whatever. So you think about it, Kip Sabian generally would be, in the UK indies showing up at WrestleMania cards from now until he's like 27 and then get signed, but he's developing in front of you instead. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it depends. Like I, you know, if you mean as far as being, I think as far as being a wrestling act, as far as, um, I think back in the day, and um, being able to develop an act and being a promo and knowing how to carry yourself because you you know you've had the experience and know the do's and don'ts and how to carry yourself to get whatever action you want because you have that experience. Yeah, I could see the the main eventer being thirty five to forty. I think now um, when you know as wrestling has become less popular, even you know um, as like over the top characters have kind of. Um, are too wacky to try to be something that you can bank on. I think like relying, like building, building more towards the sports oriented uh, stuff. Like I don't really know if that 35 thing like holds up anymore. Cause like you look at like WWE guys and I mean, obviously it's WWE, um, but I'm just saying it because they have like the most talented uh, group of collection of wrestlers. Um, and you look at the guys that like have turned 35 and like, you look at their former track record. It's like I don't know if it's because it's creative or whatever else, and but it doesn't feel like that is going to hold up in the future. Um, I mean, the time will tell. Like yeah. when it comes to um, AEW, because obviously it's a different promotion, they're, they're operating at a different level. Um, but I mean, I, I we'll see. Tell you we'll this. see. Remember the two thousand what ten San Francisco Forty ers with Michael Mike Singletary as coach, and it's like you had this great collection of talent, but you didn't have someone that you didn't have anyone that knew what to do with it. Oh and then, yeah, yeah. And then Harbaugh comes in. He's like, "This is easy. You had all the yeah. guys. 
This yeah, is, it's this like I have all these, I have all these former first round draft picks from these other teams on this team. Yeah. Plus, like we draft, plus Balky draft all of the time. Yeah, let's see what, let's see yeah. how this works out. Yeah. And then, and, sure enough, yeah. And then he got to the Super Bowl because yeah. you know you 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 had you had the ingredients and you had a great cook. And it's just like WWE hasn't had a great cook in a while, you know. So, <laughs> and it's like, and it's fat, it's crazy because you know. This guy that was a great chef in the '90s, Paul Heyman, is doing stuff, and it's like, oh, everybody's like, this is so refreshing. That should tell you how bad <laughs> the storytelling was, but whatever. Um, this is don't you like how like my influence on the show is now like just to, like you throw shots at WWE? Well, no, no, and and honestly, it's not really throwing shots when it, it's this is historic. This is people that watch. The product saying the same thing every week. You know me. I want to enjoy the product. You know, so do I, I. Yeah, I am a super positive person. I want to get on here and be like, man, they're doing everything right. I can't understand why people aren't watching. I would love to do that. And mm-hmm. yeah, but I can't. Uh, AEW Dynamite review. So very starts with the first match is the semifinals of the TNT Championship. We got my guy. The American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, uh, against Darby Allen, that anti-hero. Darby Allen says the key to this is hitting his coffin drop. He said the first time he got, he you know he got you know they got the draw, and then the second time, Arn Anderson cost him the match, and he's like if he just hits this coffin drop, that's it. And I love the storytelling on this. A guy, one guy just can't beat the other and uh, just can't, just just can't beat one of the guys. And it's frustrating. And then you got Cody who says he doesn't think Darby is championship material. And, you know, a lot of people took this as a heel thing like Darby Owens, Daniel Bryan. But what I'm saying is just Cody thinks a champion should wear suits and look nice and you know look like no that was cody being cody's being being the i am a baby face but i need to say a heel line to get over the tension of a match he yeah. does that all the time and he yeah. does that in the middle of yeah. matches at times too. no and, and you know and he he wears the suits he has a way of thinking and darby doesn't really fit into that you know but cody but you're talking about kayfabe cody in real life cody don't care Cody wears suits like everywhere in real life, so I think no, he does. Right? Care. No, no, no. I'm about, no, no. Okay, okay. So, for example, right? I I behave and act a certain way in my personal life. Do I care if the people that are around me behave and act that same in that same exact like way of life? No. Like you come as you are. I think Cody is like that's how I this how I get down. I don't really hold it against anyone that doesn't. That's how yeah. I feel anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I do got to bring up a, a shot Cody took at somebody earlier this week, and it was fun, it was kind of funny. Uh, but um, uh, and I'm just gonna say it while I remember because I will forget if I don't. Uh, he did an Instagram live uh, on mm-hmm. Tuesday night, and I actually tuned in and watched it. I don't. I rarely do because I feel like I know everything about Cody, and I just know people aren't gonna ask. You know, very original questions. I hate any kind of Q&A calling show. Believe me, because I just think people ask shady questions. Well, one person. So he's typing. And like 10 times during the Instagram video, he says, pass, can't answer that, won't touch that. Someone asked, is they're going to sign Heath Slater? He 
He's like, big no on Heath Slater or no on Heath Slater. He said it real quick. I'm trying not to, like, but make it more dramatic it was, but he was like a definitive no on Heath Slater. Huh. And I was just like, the fuck Heath Slater do to Cody? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and it was like nobody had brought it up. You know, and I was like, you know what? I was about to post it all things elite, but I was like, I don't want to bring attention to this, right? Then I wake up yesterday and three sites report Cody says no on a relief recent release WWE guy and they, it's all about that thing with he uh he slater. And I was like, Maybe I should have said something because everybody was paying attention. So I don't know if he slayed his shit in Cody's bag or when Cody was younger or he just thought uh, Heath was one of those lazy guys that didn't, you know, want to wrestle or whatever. Or, you know, from a business standpoint, WWE has shit on Heath Slater so much over the last few years. There's no way you could bring him in and have him win any matches because it will make your company look second rate. Well, I would say with, with AEW is how many comedy guys do you need, right? Like yeah. you have Nakazawa, you have Orange, and you have... um uh, Colt Cabana. So it's like, do you need? Do you really feel the need to have a four, in the middle of a um, in the middle of you know empty arena match? Do you feel like you need a fourth comedy act? Because I can, I kind of feel like you don't. Because like, you kind of need a. I think comedy and wrestling works a lot better, even more than like regular wrestling. I feel like it works a lot better with a crowd to bounce off the wackiness and goofiness. Um, uh, like tomorrow we'll talk about um NXT with the Matt Riddle. Um, game show angle with or not or segment with Thatcher and Byron Saxon, and I and I think that's something that would have got over a lot better in front of a the NXT crowd because they would have ate it up. Whereas it felt like I was in a, I was pulled into an alternate universe watching it yeah. uh, this week. So like I think you know when it comes to Slater, I feel like he's a comedy guy, right? And I through I and through, and he, I I don't think he wants to be a comedy guy anymore. I well. God bless you, bro. I, I hope hey, it works out for you. I don't hey, know, but I don't like know where I say, you take that. He, all I say is I hope he saves his money. You know what I mean? Cause, <laughs> I mean, it, the reason I say that, it's not because I, you know, I have no actual emotion on him coming to AEW. Not, I'd, I, mm-hmm. I like the roster we have. Mm-hmm. I, it was like, it's a very small list of people that I would actually bring in. But uh, Heath is not one of them because, again, he's he was the Brooklyn Brawler, you know. He was the Birkin Brawler with a tag team title run. You know what I mean? It was just like, he lost, he lost, he lost, he lost. If he wins a match in your company against anybody you find respectable, and it's somebody that really hadn't watched AEW, and maybe their first match watching is in there with Heath Slater winning mm-hmm. a match, that person is buried. That he beat <laughs> is buried. Because this guy was a job guy in the WWE, and now he's winning. It's the whole TNA thing. So I'm like, hey, yeah. Slater, if you want to go to Japan and be a lower member of the Bullet Club or something that loses, I'm talking about somebody that takes fucking L's. You're fine. But we ha- you that position is filled with people from QT's gym for a lot less of price in AEW. Yeah. For a lot yeah. less price. We can beat these guys that are training and that we can eventually make something or we can bring you in to lose and then you're going to be asking, hey, can I win this time? And the answer is hell no. <laughs> Not just no, hell no. 
Yeah, eventually there is going to be a tipping point on w, uh, on AEW bringing in uh, X or notable X WWE guys. So yeah. I don't think it's I don't think it's here yet, but eventually, but there is got to be there somewhere, and I don't know where it is. So I, I so I would you know yeah. hope that they would be more um or not more, but like be judicious with who they want to bring in. Like if they have an opportunity to bring in, you know, an upper mid Carter or whatever or higher, then yeah, bring them in. Duh, but like when it comes to like people that are super talented, because all WWE does is for the most part is sign super talented people. Um, I, I I do you know hope that they you know handle with some care like who they bring in and and if they you know and hope they bring it in for like having a reason for them in a in a role a, a actual like clear role on what they are and like hopefully it's not be one notch above what they were doing um in wwe because then it kind of comes you know kind of like oh okay this is yeah. some just some triple a type shit yep not not i don't mean triple a like mexico rest mexican wrestling like luchadors i mean like triple a like triple a baseball like triple a yeah. wrestling exactly like ryan cage is you know eventually coming in AEW. i mean mm-hmm. that's not a secret yep. that is somebody that has made his name an impact he was pushed strong in impact Mm-hmm. Had that undefeated for your record. You can bring him in as a badass and treat him like a badass because he was presented as a badass. Yep. Heath Slater was not presented that way. Right. And it's like, there's nothing towards Heath Slater. I actually liked his character, the whole I Got Kids thing. That's great. Right. But, you know, when, when let's say, NEW brings him in, they're going to want to be the one-man rock man. They're going to want him to be the funny version of himself. Nobody wants to see Shooter Heath Slater or whatever the hell his <laughs> real name <laughs> is. Nobody Shooter. wants to see... <laughs> Shooter Heath Slater! I... Shooter Heath! I'm never... <laughs> never... <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Nobody wants him to be, oh, man, you're you're amazing. You're this great wrestler. And I'm like, no. It's like, you, you come out here and make me laugh. You know? Do your thing. Uh, so I don't know. I, it is like I said. Uh, I'm looking forward to who they pick, who they pick up. I, you know, I was like when someone brought up Rusev, and I was like, Rusev would be strong, but it feels like that quota of the big strong guys from having they went from having a very lack of big strong guys to now having a lot of big strong guys. So it's like. Where does Rusev fit into that? You know what I mean? So it's like I don't see where a lot of the newly released people fit in. You know that's why they released. Yeah, that's what I'm like. I don't see where they fit in the AEW. So it it is what it is. Like someone like Deanna Perrazzo, talent in the women's division. That's I will take talent in the women's division. You know what I oh, mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, somebody that that's somebody that was sorely dead. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, they they definitely need to pick up yeah, now. Yeah, but I, in the men's yeah. side, I'm like, I mean, Leo Rush, but they don't really Le- have a they don't really have a junior division. You know what I mean? They don't need a junior division. He's as big as like Darby. Like just have him go out there and wrestle. Like I understand you're gonna do your thing about like uh, whatever, but look yeah. at like <laughs> like he doesn't have to be some upper mid card dude. Like he can be a solid mid card guy or whatever. So oh, I would have yeah, go after the TNT championship. Yeah, yeah. Why okay. not? Like, okay. I would have him. I would have him basically be like. I mean, if it were if it were me, like, I basically have him in in the same role, just about or like the same level that wherever you had like, um, Pac at yeah. the time. Like, you can be out there. He can be wrestling the a main event guy. He can wrestle top guys and have competitive, super competitive matches that go for um, you know, a long amounts of time. And he can win some. He can lose some. He can go up the card. He can go down the card because he's such a good talker. 
Um, you know, he can, he's such a good talker. He can, and he has such a such a good command. He can ratchet up to be a heel. He can turn it down to be a baby face. Um, you wanted to, and he proved that um, during his cruiserweight run in NXT. Like, I feel like you know, another part of it is like, when are you ever gonna find? When is there ever gonna be a a black wrestler on the market that's gonna be as good as Leo Rush? Exactly. When when is that ever? When is that gonna happen? Years from now, after that's like true. you know. So that that's that is the one if you ever gonna get one in the next couple years. That is, uh, yeah, it's true. It, it, I mean, that, that's true. I if I'm Leo, I you know I make the call to New Japan for when they ramp up again. Him in that juniors division. Oh, him and Best Super Juniors be incredible. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and that's where I put him. I'm just like that's the, that's that's where I'm going. He's one of the best juniors in the world. They treat juniors like a legit division. <laughs> yeah that's where that's where i'm going so uh yeah um but cody darby they wrestle cody starts selling the knee injury very early in the match uh they go back and forth uh i think he hits the crossroads and darby kicks out right well i'm trying to think was the i think the leg work happened after the brandy bump right Yes, after the, yep, yeah, Brandy, yep, yep. yeah, Cody sidesteps his wife and gives to gives her the bump. Man, like I said, when it's time for Cody to be heel, he already has it down. <laughs> Honestly, the only difference between that being a heel move and a face move is the reaction to his wife taking the bump. If if he's a heel, he would just attack Darby after his wife takes the bump. As a mm-hmm. face, he has to go check on Brandy like he's concerned. But it was just like the move was there, uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, he's working the leg, working for the last supper. Darby hits the crossroads, yep. then puts Cody in the figure four. Darby's bringing it all out. He's using the sellouts moves. Seems like a heel thing to do. I'm just saying that out there. Um, and then uh, he can't he can't finish him. Uh, Cody uh, then hits the crossroads. Darby kicks out. Then Cody goes for, uh, Cody goes for uh, the coffin drop. Right. And Darby gets his knees up. Then he goes up top to hit the coffin drop. Yes. Lands on him. Cody, Cody takes it and just kind of rolls over, and it doesn't. It doesn't even seem intentional. But as a shot, it, it reminds me of the Shawn Michaels pin where he would hit the super kick. And then lay back Land. over, yeah, 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 and the fault basic collapse, yeah, the yeah. one that Ziggler has used a million times. Yep, yep. yeah, I know. So, so Darby Allen lands on him, and he's like, "Oh, I finally got him!" And he's kind of right. arms out celebrating, not realizing his shoulders are down. And Cody was on his side the whole time. They go one, right. two, three. I yell, literally yell at the screen. Cody's shoulders were up because I wasn't even paying attention. You thought, you thought Cody got pinned? <laughs> yeah, I thought Cody got pinned. I'm like, his shoulders were up. This, I the, thought it was just a horrible finish. And then, okay. oh, then they pointed out that Darby's our shoulders were down. Well, so, it, and, depending, <laughs> depending on how you look at it, it 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 was a different. It was a different. Sorry, it was still a terrible finish depending on how you looked at it. Now, for me, um, when it happened in real time, I immediately knew what they were doing, and I thought, like, the way they were doing it, if you want to go about it, they could have did it in a better way. Um, I, I thought, like, if you, what, you wanted, what you want to do is you want to have it to where he had Cody beat, and this is the progression of their matches, where before it was he was trying to survive Cody in the first match, and the second time um, he, he had a chance to actually be, to beat him, except he got the, the, the knees up this time, 
and uh, or he got the knees up in the second match, and then Cody put him away. And this time it was actually now it was a reversal of roles where like now Cody's the one that's jumping off the off with the casket drop, and, and Darby's getting the knees up. It was a nice um, callback to the second match, and then you know he goes and his he goes for his move, and I thought that like if they're going for this time is the progression of from all of that I just mentioned to now it's time to show that like now he is the person that uh, can put away can show that he can put away Cody at the right time or at certain times is like he needs to lose in a way to where he doesn't look like a schmuck right like so for me if the finish you should be trying to look for is like and I, I'm not a person that wants to get into the whole parts of um of what do you call like calling pitches and stri- or balls and strikes when it comes to finishes, but like they were trying to protect it with that finish, and I felt like if if you're trying to protect somebody with a finish, you don't want to do a finish that makes someone look like a, a dumbass, and that one made it look a dumbass. Like, see, he, I, I don't know. I feel like in the excitement, I, I just translated back to playing my brother in Tecmo Bowl. Mm-hmm. I could never beat him. I could never uh-huh. beat him. And then when I finally like I scored a touchdown that first time to get the lead with like 35 seconds left, I beat him. I beat him, and I'm in this celebratory place. And then he comes back, runs the t- kickoff return back, and beats me because I kind of took my foot off the gas because I was celebrating before it was over. That's how I took it at Darby. He hits his coffin drop. He's like, oh, he's laying out like I won, I won, I finally hit it not paying attention to his position in the ring. Uh, uh, yeah, and I just find that just as, like, stink. Like, I find <laughs> that, like, for me, it's just like, okay, if he were to, if Darby were to hit a, a, a flying crossbody off the top rope into the middle of the ring on Cody, and then Cody were to, you know, land on his back and reverse it and land up on top of Darby, and Darby is from the fight because they've, they've, been, they've been kicking his ass, it's so exhausting, he can't kick out of that because you have a way bigger person on top of him. I can buy that finish because Cody actually did something to hold him down. Darby got pinned because he forgot because he, because he lack of situational yeah. uh, situational awareness. And I just find like, I have no sympathy for any baby face that has no lack of sympathy uh, of, of situational awareness. Like, like when, um, for example, uh, the cage match between last year with, uh, Io Shirai and, um, Shayna Baszler, where, Shayna wins because she basically because EO whooped too much ass with the door cage or the cage door and like Shayna basically falls through the ropes and just basically melts to the floor. Like I'm just like, oh, I don't you don't deserve my sympathy. Like you lost because you're a dumbass. And like another one is I think of like um uh, a starter match from a few weeks ago, the Cinderella tournament. It has involves over the top rope um elimination, right? Like there there are two people fighting on the apron. One person went through the middle rope. One person went over the top. The person that went over the top threw the girl that went over the middle, through the middle rope, off the apron, and she sat there for a minute thinking she won the match. She's the babyface, and then the heel climbs around the outside, comes in, and it shoves her off the top. And it's like, you just made her like a plate of piss. Like I'm, I'm sorry. Like I just, I don't have, I, I just don't have much sympathy for people that look like dumbasses. Maybe, maybe I'm a cold-hearted person, but like I feel like there was a better way to have protected Darby or come up with the uh, finish better than that. Ah. If your idea is we got to give him some kind of an out, but we need to have him like he was the better man that night. It just got beat at the last second. 
I I just need somebody to be I just need somebody to like hook a leg or, or be on top for the pin. Not not that kind of nonsense or trapped or something. Not just oh you lost because you, you you celebrated before <laughs> like you Deshaun Jackson yourself like you got you celebrated before you got into the end zone. Like, I I don't find that I just don't find sympathy for that. I find you to be a dub ass. That's just me, I guess. Yeah, and seeing that's the whole thing. I do find sympathy in it, mm. and it was like in that moment, like I said, because I was sitting there watching it, and I thought she had counted. I thought the three had encountered with Cody shoulder up. I was pissed, and then I was like amused when I saw that Darby Allen. I did not like. I said you called see, it before me, but I immediately knew what yeah, was happening. Like the see, second I, I saw him get his shoulder up, I was like, he, he's pinning Darby. No, like, see, I thought that's how they were going to protect Cody and Darby was going to win with his shoulder up. Oh, it, like the ref, it, the ref it, was in wrong position and yeah, missed the shoulder. Up. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, and I thought that's how they were going to protect Cody. I thought they would protect Cody by him getting screwed, and in the end they were protecting Darby by him not being positionally aware. And gotcha. like I said, I think, it, it, I think the difference between liking and not liking that finish is how you saw it. You immediately what? saw. Yeah. You immediately saw the gimmick. What I, I what I will up. say, what I will say in your you though, yeah. from your perspective, if they were to have gone with Cody had a shoulder up clear as day, but the ref was out of the way, which is a WWE ass finish. But if if the ref had been in the wrong position and had missed it, but his shoulder was up, and basically the idea was, Cody, you know, they landed and uh, or Darby landed the coffin drop by he overshot his target slightly, so like his shoulders are down. So you think, and they also got. The camera, they also would have missed the camera if that was what their intent was, but yeah. like, because you couldn't see Darby's shoulder down as well. Like, you just knew they were down, though. Um, or if you were trying to capture both of their shoulders being down at the same time, like, you could have had it to where, like, what happened happened. And I feel like that would have protected Cody a lot better than, like, what happened to Darby, where he's like, oh, he just, just got, he just got lazy at the end or whatever else, as opposed to, like, nah, Cody got screwed there. And then, like, you could have bowed out, had him bow out, or whatever else. You could have had, you know, Jake talk all the all the stuff you've been talking about. You know, we we say we mentioned that he might have a you know banana pe- banana peel um, loss to avoid um, my man Lance or whatever else. But that's okay. We're going to take care of this bro- dark brooding little pipsqueak, and then we'll offer Cody a title shot um, in the future too. And he, there's no way for him. There's no way for him to back out. I mean, I could see in my mind like all the stuff that could have been done if. They had did it the way that you thought it was going to happen initially, but whatever. Either way, like you know, I think we're still going to get this match that I, you know, I've been kind of wanting to see now between Archer and Cody, um, because like they set this up well. Like they were, you know, this gigantic monster is one of this baby face. This baby face has kind of not, you know, entertained the idea that much. This this heel is like you know, going through these people on a tear to get to this point and like now they're gonna meet together. And I think I think it's um I think it's pretty straightforward and well done, especially when you throw in like the added stuff of um his older brother, but like yeah. I think that they've done a really good job with this. Yeah, my prediction was Darby. When I predicted mm-hmm. the tournament, I said it was Darby. I said when people asked me who I thought it should be, I said it was Darby. Cause mm-hmm. like Cody doesn't need this. You know, when he cut his promo that said, and when he cut his promo and said, everybody in this tournament wants this, I need this. I'm like, it's kind of <laughs> the opposite to me. Everybody <laughs> in the tournament needs this. You want this because you're Cody, and we, we've proven we can build a big match with you 
with nothing on the line. You're basically <laughs> you're basically the AEW Undertaker. <laughs> but how many people? But how many people going to turn on him? How many people he got to turn over the next like five years for to accomplish this thing of him having these personal gigantic feuds that draw I, interest that would, without it being just like okay, so I, every single body he ever interacts with like wants to turn on him. Like when is it? When is it going to become the fact? Like you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he I eventually think, is going to turn on somebody, and yeah, yeah. and they could have stretched out. They he didn't have to go straight into Lance. They could have stretched out the MJF feud a little bit longer, even with Cody maybe taking another loss to MJF. It I was, think maybe, I think maybe that's what we get to after this pay per view. Yeah, yeah, like I, yeah. I think like MJF is probably going to get sent packing by by uh, Moxley, yeah. and then like it's like, well, I lost that uh, tight opportunity. I know I can get another t- opportunity from this guy, and like Cody can finally get his win back because yeah. like uh, you know. I, I personally think Cody should win this thing. Um, like I, I don't think like I'm sorry. I, like I love what Archer has done since he's been since he's been on TV or whatever else. But like I'm tired of see, I'm tired of Bayface being pushed at a certain level and then like he loses every big match. Cody needs to win. <laughs> no, I, I I mean I mean it's true. But I I want Lance. To, and, you know I when we were talking about it, I was like, man, this is like I, I had just watched Bloodsport like a week ago, and uh-huh. this is. Cody building his blood sport. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, the bad guy beats the shit out and kills his brother. And right. then John Claude Van Damme has to train to overtake him. I'm like, man, this is blood sport. I just saw this movie. <laughs> and, you know, me and Cody, you know, me and Cody around the same age. So, think about it. Isn't that, isn't that also kind of like the same storyline in, uh, in Mortal Kombat, the movie where, like, they kill Luke, where uh, Shang Tsung kills Luke Kang's brother, like, before the tournament, and that caused Luke Kang to go back, come after him and join the, that, exactly. that tournament? Yep. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, he's like, Cody has been, like, waving off Lance, saying he was a nice little wrestler in the Japan. What did he have to do to get his attention? Kill his brother. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, but before we get to that, Scorpio Sky had a video package talking about how he, you know, how he claimed the fame, came to SCU. Uh, this is the worst town he's ever been in and how he doesn't, he's wanted to do this since he was young and he doesn't just want to be good. He doesn't want to be great. He wants to be a fucking legend. The Scorpio Sky push is coming. What do you think? Yeah, um, this is the second week in a row they've done uh, these uh, kind of uh, profile pieces on him, um, and they're they make him seem very relatable. Um, I'm, I wonder when they're going to show like the the part where like he's uh, more than just a guy. He's also like you know a great ass wrestler and a star. Yeah. Um, like he's coming off very well as someone like you want to. Um, root for and someone that like you know as a person but like I also need the extra part where they need to touch up on like the what he brings to the table in the ring and why he's a star besides just like being the relatability um, like, I, I feel like we kind of in the next coming up tapings that's what I'm hoping that's what I'm hoping yeah, yeah I think he'll be on dark beating up some jobbers maybe get a jobber match and you know you're just, you, he, had, he needs some wins you know yeah. He he like what they've done for Archer and Brody Lee. He needs some wins where you see what his repertoire is, what his finisher is gonna be. Because mm-hmm. I don't think he's really his finish has kind of been the roll up as a yeah. singles wrestler. Yeah. So you, he has to define his finisher. I just yeah. think this. I thought this was a great appetizer, especially if somebody if you just gotten somebody to watch AEW once this week. They're mm-hmm. okay. They're intrigued because. 
I mean, of course. Who's that guy? Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, let's see what he does. I mean, the lack of color problem is very prevalent in AEW. It's it's there. So, (laughs) I I mean, it's it's just something that that anyone that's not more than a, that's more than a casual knows. Yeah, I I would say that um, it's not as much of a um, lack of color problem as much as it is a lack of black people specifically problem. Yeah, yeah, because they do have, yeah. They do yeah, have, like, yeah, Lucha Bros and Sammy Gregee, and then they, they have color. Don't get me wrong. I've I've been very much made the difference clear. It's just like, yeah, it's like, hey, yeah, but, but hey, you can't say there hasn't been African Americans on there in the last two months. That's right, every right, job right. they had. <laughs> that that's that's that is not you know. Like, yeah, 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 we we have plenty of like people to come back here and get their ass whooped. Yeah. But, no. but, no, yeah. and, and, you know, I, yeah. I, you know, some of them, you know, at least one or two of them are going to get used in the future. You just see, it. yeah, yeah, Pineapple Pete. <laughs> you got to have a pineapple. I think you have to have, you know, because you know, like they have to like to throw a, uh, a big star on uh, Dark every now and then. I think you need a Jericho Pineapple Pete match on Dark. Oh God! As the main event, Jericho of Dark. Ever, has Jericho ever been on Dark? That's exactly what I'm saying. You know, <laughs> Cody, Kenny, everybody's done Dark. You, you have Jericho on Dark, just beating up Pineapple Pete. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He hasn't been on there. Uh, I feel like you almost have to say that for for a crowd. Obviously, you don't know how whenever you're oh, going to get absolutely. a crowd. Again, but I feel like you yeah. need to say, like same thing with um. I, I kind of felt I kind of feel this way. I'm not like 100 percent sure on it, but like this kind of not a strong feeling. But like with Scorpio, it's like okay, so Scorpio's going to come back, or Scorpio's going to come in after these uh, you know pieces, and he's going to you know have these matches that we imagine are going to be impressive matches. Maybe he's going to have like competitive, super competitive matches that are going to be impressive. But either way, like you will feel that after what they've shown with you to show that he's this relatable, you know, fully or uh, more fleshed out human being than just, you know, wrestler that comes out there and wrestles, you will hope that, like, it, you would have hoped that this would have been in front of a crowd because, like, the wrestling he's going to do to impress would be, like, the ooh and ah kind of wrestling as yeah. opposed to, like, when you bring in Archer or Brody Lee and they just go out there and they just beat the shit out of you. So, you know, like, everybody has their ways of stuff to work, and I feel like, um, like, the way Archer and, and, um, and Brody have beaten the crap out of, um, not Darby, but Marco, in the um in this month or whatever else like that's easily translatable. It doesn't necessarily need a crowd, but yeah. I feel like for you know oh, a, yeah. a match a, you know like a match like um the Orange Cassidy match a um Shug you know a <laughs> a Shug D match with Jericho or a yeah, or Scorpio the crowd match would be, be so much Shug D so much more yeah, yeah, yeah in all yeah. three of the situations and I mean they made the Orange Cassidy match a few weeks ago work or yeah two weeks ago but like. You you just know in front of a live crowd that would have been an even louder reaction or not reaction but even louder uh, it would have like uh, it would have worked even better because the crowd had ate that up. Yep. Well, in two weeks when Florida starts allowing fans in, oh god, we're gonna get that. We need Chris Jericho versus Shug D. Uh, then we got an MJF injury update. Apparently, his yes. hangnail it healed. Not only did it heal, it overhealed. Now he has like the strongest nail ever. I would love to see him work that into a gimmick, poke people out with that super strong nail. But what then, is what is JF and nails? Huh? 
Was it because you know, like you know, that man bladed off of Cody's toenail that was wrapped by a sock uh, at Revolution. So, yes. What is it with him and nails? I do not know, but he 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 doesn't like the nails. They they get to him, and he was getting prepared to come work come work in front of, uh, come fly all the way to Georgia to work in front of seven of his six or seven of his peers. And he was shaving up, and he cut himself. <laughs> So right now he's not medically cleared. Hopefully we can get a you know get MJF in attendance. He gets healed up. I love this. Just how, because. <laughs> how many seconds did it take you to realize like there is a neck brace I need this scarf? And no, I did not. I did. It took me a while. I knew something was underneath the scarf. Okay, because okay. he was doing you know right. Cody thing. You know he. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? I actually went through my phone looking through memes, and um, I actually saw the picture you had uh, of you and Cody. I think it's you, Cody, and Young Bucks, right? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. you, Cody, and the Young Bucks, and and Cody has that scarf right around his neck, and Cody has his smirk on his face, like, wait till Floyd sees this on my neck next tomorrow night, dude. <laughs> dude we all like, we all saw the tattoo. Oh, really? Yeah, we all saw the tattoo. We all saw it. He, he did. He did the worst job of hiding that tattoo ever. And I mean, it's literally half of his neck. So, <laughs> you, 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 no, you could see the American Nightmare logo on the top of it. And we okay. just didn't. We didn't say anything because we were just okay. like, obviously, he wants to do a big reveal. But everybody that was there saw it. You, it, you, you have no idea how hard I laughed when Man. I saw at revolution that tattoo was like and i'm like what is going on is that real or is that fake that's real oh no cody why would you do this and then like hours later when i see the picture of you with him and he makes that smirky face like he knows it like i have i have a tattoo underneath this underneath this thing and no one knows it not even floyd and like the picture is just like you can see all that written on his, or maybe I'm projecting, but like it felt like you can see all that on his face in one United States yeah. pictures or from Thousand Words. It, I felt like all Thousand Words is about like yeah. I have this tattoo and you guys do not yeah. know. And he looked like he was so amused yeah, by the he fact had that the, he, had he had the cat that ate the canary look on his face yes! the whole yes! day. Like I want to <laughs> show y'all so bad. And you know he's he even says he. He he is historically bad at keeping secrets and oh, God. yeah so I I got it so we just played along like we couldn't see it but everybody saw it <laughs> I think someone even got a good picture of it with their cell phone no but uh yeah so he yeah yeah that tattoo's huge I plan on getting the Nightmare Family tattoo on my arm eventually I I've been reluctant to ever get a tattoo uh of of a person because yeah. That's that's a thing that hasn't. Uh, I had something deter me the last time I was gonna do it, and so now I think Is I'm. Is that relating to something that happened in the conversation we had early in this podcast? Yes, because I was gonna get yeah. his tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. I had planned yeah. to get his tattoo that uh, a little like a few months after it was gonna be my first wrestling tattoo, mm. and yeah, so I was like, well, maybe I should just stick with the company. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So, uh, so then we get Warlow pins Musa with F10s. Uh, yes. F10 with Warlow has the best squash matches ever. Um, he is climbing up the charts of a person that has great squash matches. Uh, yeah. You love to see it. 
Um, I love watching people come out here and just demolish people. Yeah. Um, the war trigger is like is one of the best new moves I've ever seen. Yeah, it's um, one of those new moves that it, it reminded me of when the, when Goldberg would do the spear and then the jackhammer. He would do right. the spear and it would look so good. And you're like, why are you doing anything else? <laughs> like after he does the knee, I'm like, just pin the dude. It's just you're just being an asshole at this point. Like, it, <laughs> I just think like I don't know because it looks it looks just devastating. But like this is a person taking their own bump, yeah, right? Yeah. This is a person taking their own bump, and then like after that, after that, the impact like they just melt off of his off of his like his quad, and it's just like so like oh yeah. my god, he's murdered this person. It, 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 it he his squashes are very very impressive. Um, I you know. I don't care if he does anything else after this beyond this. Like, obviously, he, he, he got stretched out with the uh, Cody Cage match, whatever else. But, like, if this is his role of him just coming out, he would beat some living shit out of somebody. And then, like, he has one match after, after a certain amount of time that goes for a, for a certain amount of time. Like, he is going to get over. Um, yeah. And, look, I'm, I'm with it. Like, I don't need him to go 30 minutes. I don't need him to be able to, you know, wrestle to G1 standard. I just need him to go out there and just beat the shit out of people and look impressive. And he's doing that very, very well so far. So, you know, they're doing very well with him right now. Yeah, nothing wrong with a good squash match. Uh, they are serving the purpose. Then we get the Bubbly Bunch featuring <laughs> the Manitoba Melee. We get, uh, we get special appearances by Ted Irvin, Terry Irvine, we uh, get uh, Lou Ferrigno. Yes. Uh, who else was in it? Uh, uh, Fluffy, Gabriel, yep. Gabriel Iglesias. Yep, yep. I was just about to say him. Um, yeah, there was a bunch of people. Some it, rock it was, band guy that I'd never heard of. Cause oh, you have. You also have. You also have uh, uh, Jay and Silent Bob. And, and Kevin Smith, the person that plays Silent Bob. Yeah, I can't remember Jay's real name. Jason Mewes. Um, yeah, that's right, Jason Mewes. Yeah. Um, so that that was interesting. Like it was, it was, it was, it was just you know more wacky Jericho-ness, which only works because he's a freaking ham. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it was it was it was great. Uh, then we get to, uh, so I'm wearing a Santana and our T-shirt right now, right? The mm-hmm. cartoon shirt that I was telling everybody I just got. Uh-huh. My friend Jason was over there, and I was, and he looks at me. He says, "Hey, who are those?" Uh, you know, I, I was like. I was like Santana or Ortiz, and he's like, "Who are they?" And I was like, "You're kidding me, right? You watch, uh, you you watch a Dynamite every week." And he's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Are you sure?" And you love Chris Jericho and the Bubbly Bunch? And he's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Santana and Ortiz," and it was just, <laughs> I was like, "I did. It was like the two two Hispanic guys that two of the three Hispanic guys in." in the inner circle it was just like me just like got this shock look on my face i'm like oh yeah got you (laughs) yeah i mean because they haven't really i mean after the moxley stuff or revolution like they you know because of the lockdown yeah they've kind of you know they've really only been on screen when they've done the bubbly bunch stuff so like i could see how yeah they need to kind of lost that connection more (laughs) because oh speaking of them are you going to are are you looking into uh like the sandals, the chancletas? Are are you have you thought oh, about no, oh, as no, buying no. it? See, see, I feel okay. I've bought Santana or T stuff, and I've bought uh-huh. Sammy Guerrero stuff, but uh-huh. it'll be disrespectful to the elite to buy anything with the inner circle on it. Oh my god! <laughs> but this, <laughs> Floyd, how have you? How have
how did have you come to determination? What in your mind makes it okay to buy individuals and inner circle stuff, but not actual? Inner I circle I, I don't I don't own a I don't own a Chris Jericho shirt because he unfairly cost Cody a shot at the world title for the rest of his existence. And then I don't own a Jack Swagger shirt, even though he is Oklahoma's own, the pride of Perry, Oklahoma, Jack Swagger, because he, you know, he's tied with Chris Jericho. But my my love for LAX or a Proud and Powerful goes back like two or three years, and Sammy Guevara just had an amazing shirt, so I had to buy it. I bought the <sighs> I bought the Hit Me Up shirt because you know, hit me up. You know, is that the shirt when he's basically has like he's, he's like dresses Jesus and it says hit me up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's hilarious. <sighs> dude, uh, dude, this dude is hilarious. I hope he never turns face ever in his existence. <laughs> I love Sammy Guevara. I I love Sammy Guevara. I I just like 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 he was like I saw him at NWA that NWA anniversary show and that was the first time I'd ever seen him wrestle and I was mm-hmm. like. Oh, that guy's gonna be a star. I had no idea he was gonna sign with AEW, you know, after a while after that and be who he is now. But I remember I saw him one match and I was like, he's a star. <laughs> you were you you sat with us during the um the Russell Khan Super Show in New York uh, in last April, right? Yeah, was he on that show? Yeah, he was in a six person tag with uh, Flamita and um And I want to be very honest. Can't remember who else. I was very tired. That was the end of a very long day. Uh-huh. So I was kind of in and out of consciousness while sitting there watching that show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I just okay. probably I, I gotcha. saw him. I probably missed him because yeah, it was yeah. just I was like that's the whole thing with those weekends. They're great and all. They kind of run together. The, yeah. It, yeah, it runs together, and you get like I said, like I I it was the WrestleCon Super Show the year before, and I know Minoru Suzuki was there. But mm-hmm. and then I, I was like I couldn't tell you like five other people that were at that show. I was it was like I had been to Access and stood for the last ten hours, <laughs> and like I was sitting in a chair. I bought like six sodas. I was just all I was happy to do is sit and have something to drink. I don't remember most of that show. People have reminded me of things that have happened at shows. Like I was one of uh, Josh got mad at me because that was at one of the greatest ROH shows of all time. Supercard of Honor. Uh, it was the night before WrestleMania 20, and it was in New Jersey, and like AJ oh. Styles was on it, Samoa Joe. It was a list of who's who's. But what he mm-hmm. doesn't know, I was out really late the night before, caught a ROH bus. They bust us out to the event in Elizabeth, New Jersey. We mm-hmm. watched the show, and then there was a second show. I was tired. I was so tired. Dusty yeah, Rhodes was doing autographs at the show, and I didn't even line up to get one. You know how many shows like I don't, I don't remember stuff like. And <laughs> it, it's funny because like you'll, you know, I don't know if it's because of the the experience of being there. Like you can't. It's harder to remember remember stuff. But like there are matches that like that aired on TV that like I can remember like you know sequences of right. But like. Yeah. The the WrestleMania weekend shows that I was sitting there in person for and marked out for all this stuff like I is a lot of it's a blur um and like and it makes me think like okay so you never I mean I, I'm sure you've seen people get interviewed about matches or whatever else like wrestling interview for mat, their famous matches or whatever and they can't remember nothing and I'm like I used to be like how can you not remember this man third it's like 
that's kind of why it's like you know there's so much stuff going on or you've done this a million times it is like riding a bike that is like yeah. the stuff that you think is like this super intricate stuff is like it's so second nature and then like it's it's not special to where it's like it just you know it's just something it's just saturday to me you yeah know? It, yeah and it's like, like i can see that yeah. yeah i like i had never watched the roh show I didn't know who half mm-hmm. of the people I were watching. That also doesn't help either. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know half the people. I fell in love with Samoa Joe that day. I saw him wrestle, and I was just like, that's the one vivid memory from that show is Samoa Joe's match. That's I, 2004 Samoa Joe, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. Yeah, and I had never that seen dude, him before. That dude was a... Yeah, and I would never <laughs> seen him before, and I was just like, who is this guy, and why isn't he in WWE? F or E or gotcha. whatever at the time. And I yeah. just remember, and I came out a Samoa Joe fan that day, but yeah, AJ Styles was on that show. Did blah, blah, you know, this person, this person, like, I don't even I'm remember. assuming like Daniel Bryan, CM Punk. Yeah, yeah. Cage match. Yeah. There was a cage match. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're out there killing themselves and I don't, I don't remember the match. Like, I went back and I think it was on ROH and I like or on a like YouTube video and watched it, and I was mm-hmm. like, none of it came back to me. It wasn't. <laughs> it was like I was watching it for the first time. <laughs> but uh, 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 yeah, so after the Manitoba meet of melee, which I thought was you know everybody seemed to love, uh, then we got best friends and Sabian, Sabian, Sabian and Havoc, mm-hmm. and uh, basically what ended up being a six man no DQ yep. match. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I just love the fact that Chirp Beretta wants to hit Penelope Ford, <laughs> but he won't because he's, he's like, you just don't do that. After they've had intergender matches on their TV. Have they just, had intergender matches on their TV? Wasn't Kenny, Kenny and Rio, wasn't that on, well, not on TV, but on Dark. Wasn't that on Dark? Wait, they had, they did what? Kenny, Omega, and Rio. Versus Rio? No, Rio versus uh, Penelope Ford and Sabian. And the, oh the, yeah, yeah. The, the I, guys, um, hit the, guys hit the girls. Girls, everybody hit everybody. I was unaware of that. <laughs> I, I guess I guess I had to go back and watch it. <laughs> yeah, like everybody hit everybody, and it was just like, huh? Yeah, it was like whatever. Was or was it like the or was it like the mixed match the challenge type stuff where it's like, oh, the women come in there nope. and like land strikes or whatever else? No, everybody was hitting okay. everybody. Okay, so I mean because. <laughs> In, for example, um, Kenny's big match in DDT uh, last year was an intergender match. It was Antonio Honda and Miyu Yamashita. Miyu Yamashita is one of the best wrestlers in Tokyo Joshi Pro. Um, or actually, probably, actually not probably, the best wrestler in Tokyo Joshi Pro. And they're paired off against Riho and Kenny. And <clears throat> I haven't seen the match, but Rich, you know, it got, you know, people raved about it. And Rich Washi said it was like every bit as good as people raved about it was. Um, and, and like, I saw highlights of it in like, they're having a tag match. It just happens to be two women in there and two men in there. So, like, I mean, I I guess maybe Kenny's like, if it's intergender, like, we're going to fucking wrestle. I don't care. And, like, that's the way you should handle it. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, they had it on Dark. Uh, it was from the, it was like on the boat, and a lot of people thought they weren't going to show oh, it. It was okay. on the boat, and a lot of people thought that it, they weren't going to show it at all. And then they ended up putting it on an episode of Dark. I might have to seek that out then. Yeah, they every, and they both dressed the same. Kenny's in his pink and white, like, white and pink. Yeah. yeah, yeah, his yeah. I've seen that gear before. That was the same gear at uh, that DDT show. Like it, it's very like 
early. It reminds me of like what Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart would have wore if they were like a babyface tag team together in the in the early nineties. All right, and then so uh, in that match, uh, Chucky T hit Saban with the awful waffle onto chairs. So uh, there was one particular spot I remember in the match. Orange Cassidy doing the fall, and he kind of <laughs> fucks up. And, and then it's like you look on his face, and he, like, breaks character and laughs because it was so horrible. Uh, what did you think of that? <laughs> I mean, at least he turned it into something he could use, I guess. But, yeah. you know, it, it, it was a botch. Yeah, it was, it, it, it was funny. I love it when they acknowledge it. It was just like. He he couldn't say stone face. He just yeah, no, that was shit. Um, and then we get Britt Baker's role model sessions, where she seems to uh, carry over a f- anger she had from Tony, because Tony took a call from uh, Brandy or h- had a conversation with Brandy, and you know Britt called while they were having a conversation, and Britt kind of was pissed at Tony for taking the call. And it looks like just spread into the show because you shouldn't wear glasses if you're not a doctor. And then she showed a picture of Tony. Don't be fat. And then she showed a picture of Tony. And don't have don't have be snaggletooth. Then she showed a picture of Tony. The best part <laughs> the best part about the, the Tony stuff is like Okay, so they did a thing where, like, they were, where they tried to say that, like, they photoshopped the fat off of Tony. When in reality, you you know that, like, what they did was they distorted the picture with Photoshop, and then they were basically like undoing what they were doing. <laughs> it was just like, it's like she's so evil, and like she's so mean, and like she's so clearly a fake phony, and like that is. Uh, and, and it comes off with the the interaction with the makeup artist or whatever else. Like it's 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 so good. Um, like I never thought that like we would get to a point with Brit to where like she is like I want to say necessarily like money in the way of like you you put her out there and like it's almost like it's a, it's a for sure like a layup that is gonna go out and end up well. But like she, I didn't know that we were gonna get to a point to where like she like is an enjoyable staple of the show every time she's like on the camera now. Um, and I didn't, you know, this is a, you gotta remember, this is look at, you know, what February night. Oh, no, not February. Go back to January. It was looking, it wasn't looking great for her. Yeah. And then like this thing is all turned around. Like, I mean, yeah. from the time she turned heel to the, uh, to the boat stuff, like this is, this is one of the better, like, you know, uh, recalculations of AEW's history so far in the six months they've, they've been around or six months of television. That yeah. Been and you found out in the interview later or later in the week that this was Kenny's idea to turn her heel. And you know, that it was a great idea. Cause I had been saying she comes off more of as a heel than a baby face. And, and a lot of people, it was a, a common thing that people thought she should turn heel. And she's like, I'm gonna need help with this. And she, I mean, Whatever help she's getting has been gold because this yeah. was this was the AEW equivalent of back in the 90s. You know, back in the late 90s, if you wanted to go heel, you wanted to go heel, you had to beat up JR. You remember oh, that? Oh, God, yes. yes. That I, was This was her beating up Tony when she did it verbally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she, you're right. You have to you're beat right. up somebody everyone loves. and she's, You're right. 
took a dump on Tony. Yeah. You're right. You're right. They, they, they did see that so much with JR, where yeah. it was like Triple H always threatening to beat him up, whether it was Foley putting his hands on him, whether it was shit setting, having Kane set, set JR on fire. You're right. They they did do that yeah. a lot. And yeah. this is kind of like of a similar. It's a more. T- it's done a lot more tastefully. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, back in the day, man, if you wanted to be healed, you weren't a heel until you beat up JR. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. Especially in Oklahoma. If it was Oklahoma, JR oh, was getting God. his ass kicked that night. Remember yeah. when they remember when that one time they brought out Laurenitis to fire him on air without 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 no notice. He had no idea what was going on. They just like they just pulled a, a bullshit segment on him out of nowhere. Remember that? Yes. That was like two thousand eleven ish or something. Yes. Fun times. That's how you go heel on JR. I mean, that's what you gotta do. Uh <laughs> In the battle, the alliteration battle, Sean Spears pins Baron Black. Uh, he uh, beats him with the C4. Sean Spears yep. has gotten more wins in AEW over the last three months than he got Didn't in know. the collective 10 years that he was in WWE. On oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> you, you, you might be on something there. You might be on something. I thought, I thought originally what you were going to say is like he's gotten more wins in like this time frame during these these quarantine times or during the, the, the empty arena time than like the rest of the year or like his whole whole AEW career. But like if you want to extend it all the way back to uh, WWE, WWE you might still yeah. you might still be cooking some. You might still yeah. be hitting on some. Yeah, Sean Spears. Yeah. They put him in the uh, ring with the trainees, and, and you know he puts them away. He gives them a little offense, and then puts them away. Uh, then yep. Brody Lee, another master of squashes. Marco Stunt has a has a job. He makes big guys look amazing. And Marco Stunt might be jobber of the year. Yeah. After, after like these after this month, he might be jobber of the year. But when they give him that Spike Dudley push, where he's just beating guys out of nowhere, I think that'll be it'll be fun. You know, you never you're never gonna give him a title or something, but you give him the fluke victory. You know what I mean? It's, be great especially yeah, when you I, can do you that gotta give first him like guy. those one two three kid type wins yeah against sean spears of course because you know yeah. sean spears losses don't really hurt him wins don't hurt him <laughs> everybody just sees <laughs> him everybody sees him as a certain position do you know he could beat jobbers for the next 10 months and as soon as he wrestles somebody serious how oh, sean spears is losing it wouldn't change <laughs> anyone's mind <laughs> you have a point. Yeah, like it was just. Oh, Charles Fish still losing this match. Look, that's look. That's part of the reason why I, like Darby debt Cody is like I lost to Sean Spears, bro. <laughs> right. Nah, bro, I gotta get this this frustration off somehow, some way. Yeah. Like I can't. Sean Spears got that got that win in a tag match. Right. <laughs> to go take that L to Cody. <laughs> <laughs> then we get the Mox promo. Uh, I really like this promo. I thought it came off as real. When, everything he said he wanted his character to be when he was talking about leaving WWE, coming to AEW, I think was encompassed in this promo. Yes. Because yeah. he was a badass still, but he was real. He acknowledged real life was happening. You know, yes. and he says, hey, when I come back, I'm still going to be a tough out. I feel like I feel sorry for who has to fight me next because I'm going to be a tough out. So he was badass. He was honest. It wasn't it, it ain't hokey, but he was still had that comedic timing, especially yes. with the, hey, yes. call your grandma. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, 
it reminds me, and that's the thing for me that why I've enjoyed uh, Moxie's Moxie's like run outside of WWE is it like, and I think this is also a lot to say for like AEW NXT is like these are two mostly very good to great weekly episodic television shows, and it's like the difference between them and them AEW or in WWE main roster is so like there are so many things that they have so many similarities. It was like, if you tweak just a few things, like all of professional wrestling, all of major professional wrestling on Monday, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays are a blast to watch as opposed to Wednesdays are always hidden. And then like, it's a grab bag to whether or not a three hour on Monday or two hours on, on um, Friday is going to work. It's like, you look at like the small adjustments that they made where all they did was they made, Moxley a little bit more serious, less goofy, no prop comedy really, and that's all. And that's all he is, right? And I don't mean all he is is saying like it's basic. I'm saying as far as like he's such a good promo, he has comedic timing, he has this sense of danger because he has these dangerous matches uh, when he wants to. He has a sense of uh, of having a chip on his shoulder while also being a champion, like, it works so well. Um, yeah, no one it, pulls that off. It, it, like it works very well. No one has ever, we're like, he still walks around like he has this chip on his shoulder. And, <laughs> and it's like, you're the champion. How do you have a chip on your shoulder? But he he carries it very well. Uh, the closest thing, and I was going to say this, the closest NXT thing that I've noticed in the WWE that seemed to invade it is Raw and it's Drew McIntyre's booking. It is very mm. real. He is acknowledging everything that has happened to him in his time yeah. in WWE. Like no, the Andrade he, stuff with the injury? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, he's yep, acknowledging yep. everything. And mm-hmm. it's just like, that's great. That it, yep. I mean, it, it, it makes it better. And it's just, I, you, know, you know, that's what you want out of your wrestling. You know, you're just like, okay, I watched this three years ago. Make everything I watch matter. That way I, I don't just not miss anything. So I don't yeah. know. I think that's been great. I, 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 I still, I've always said, and I know they got to do it for the money, but three hours of Raw is what kills Raw. If, yeah. it was, if it was a tight two, you know, it's like you got Drew coming in the first second and then the last second, but whatever. I'm going off on my WWE tension again. John Moxley's a badass. Uh, that promo was uh, great. And then he says he's coming back next week. So it goes yep. to live. Dynamite. It's going to be live. I'm so excited. Uh, then, <laughs> then we get Lance. I mean, hey, live is just a step closer to me being in the building, James. Oh, man. Here you go again. <laughs> it's a step closer, man. It's, you got to, hey, you got to crawl before you can walk. <laughs> then we gotta, it's a, trust in the process. Trust in the process. That's what I'm doing. Hey, I stay, you know, as much as it annoyed the hell out of me, I stayed in the house. Until they said, "Hey, you can go out." In the and second, in the out. second, in the second, you come out, you bust out the door, you yeah. bust down the door, Dude, like I'm the Kool Aid like, Man. Yeah, I'm gonna say, I was just saying, they're gonna say that I'm, I'm going through the wall like the Kool Aid Man. And you're oh, like, wow. what up? And then, uh, then we got the main event: Lance Archer versus Dustin Rhodes. For you people that are my age, which I am 38, there was this movie in the 80s called Bloodsport. And this was everything 
You know, any movie, <laughs> 80s movie you saw where the bad guy kind of whoops the dude's ass in a fight, this was this fight. I mean, they gave Dustin a few hope spots, but this is basically Lance Archer being the murder hawk <laughs> for like yeah. 20 minutes. I, I was surprised at how not bored I was at this 20-minute match. I'm not saying I was like the greatest match of all time. I'm just saying it kept my it kept my attention for the whole time. I I knew who was going to win and I didn't zone out. Right, right, right. Yeah, so it was like I'm like it it was what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be Lance Archer beating him up. You you saw when uh, Dustin started bleeding and then Cody came out and Cody came uh QT came out and they were going to throw in the towel. Cody came out and stopped him from throwing in the towel. And of course, Rich replied, now he don't want to throw in the towel because yep. he wanted to throw in the towel for uh, oh, Kenny Omega. Kenny, yep. Kenny. yep. So, yep. Um, hey, but then the towel getting thrown in worked against him with MJF. Now he never wants to throw in the towel. He'd let his brother, rather let his brother get murdered than throw in the towel. And you had that moment where he had the towel in his hand. Lance Archer's beating his head against the ground and then finishes them off. I think he takes the towel, doesn't he? Lance Archer takes uh, the towel and like throws it at him. Um, I think that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. Now, now a great visual, and I don't know how gory they would have been if he took the white towel and rubbed Dustin's blood on it and then threw it at Cody. That would have been mm. that would have been a visual. But in this whole in this whole uh, you know coronavirus thing, throwing a bloody towel at somebody. Might yeah, not, might not have looked right, but I just thought that would have been like watching it. It wasn't like, oh, I had 24 hours to think about it after. It was like watching it. I was like, dude, he should have rubbed his blood on the towel and then threw <laughs> yeah. it at Cody. So, um, if you remember NXT from like a, from like February when uh they were doing this thing with Chomp, where Chomp ends up getting uh was fighting Cole and then like he ends up getting his the top of his head starts bleeding. And it was a contract signing, yeah. and all of a sudden the crowd. I was in, I was actually there for that. That was the uh, the Dusty Rose Classic uh, final or whatever else. All of a sudden, like the whole entire full cell audience starts yell, starts chanting, "Use the blood!" Like use the blood to sign. And then like Tommaso like looks up and was like, it starts laughing, and he actually like signs his you know use the blood to stamp the the, the contract or whatever. So it's like in my mind, are you saying like he should have used the blood? I'm like, I imagine Floyd at the house tomorrow. Use the blood. Use the yes. blood. Yes, I would have definitely. <laughs> It was just like, to me, it would have gave them more of that 80s feel moment. You have the montage building of the match and Cody staring at the bloody towel after Lance Archer had just thrown it out. Come on. Come on. That's building drama. I'm just building building drama here. But yeah, Lance Archer bangs his head against the mat like three or four times, puts him in the EBD claw, which is like, was completely unnecessary because that dude was out cold. And yeah, pins him. And like he does his thing, even after the match, he never quits staring at Cody. Even when yes. he, he steps over the ropes and drops down, like laser focused on Cody. And he's like, yeah. and it, and it, and it's funny how it lines up with the original Jake promo. How he says, "We're not trying to, we're not coming here to take the whole pie. We're coming to take your share. What's mm-hmm. his share? The TNT Championship. That's the only title he can win. That would be Cody's share." And that's the title he's going after. It's like that first promo to this man. I wouldn't call it long term, but short term booking, great. Well, I mean, when did uh when did February? he get here? February. Yeah, 
So I guess that is long-term booking. I mean, first it, promo I mean, lining up with what the prize is. Right, right. I mean, this all this all working so well. Um, so like, yeah, I you know whatever you want to call it, like it's it's worked. So you know whatever you want to call it is worked. Hey, Tony, uh, Tony Khan's been writing all this stuff. He's the main booker, and he's doing a good job right now. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Tony, if you happen to listen to this, let's give people a don. Give people a double nothing. Oh my god! Me first row, center. Me and Tiffany. Social distancing rules, so we'll follow them. Whatever. Uh, yeah, I'll be there with my nightmare family. Towel. Let's get let's get this done. Let's get this done. First first show with people in attendance. Double or nothing. I was at the first double or nothing. I need to be at the second double or nothing. That's just how it needs to be. I already had the Miss Mania. This is depressing. Because, you know, I don't know if you know this or you've heard it. My goal is to go to every, every uh, AEW pay-per-view until I expire from this earth. Okay, so I don't know if I knew that, but it was something I assumed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, like, I, don't, I know I'm not going to be able to go to every Dynamite or every this, but if I can just go to every pay-per-view, I would be, yeah. I mean, if, if if it's doable, I I see that as being something that's fun to do. So yeah, like you know, we always see um, you know, like Brock Lesnar guy or the or, or the, the neon green shirt at all like the WWE events, whatever else. And like, yeah. that seems like if that look, if you're into it and you got the means to do it, hell, why not, right? Yeah, and that's how I see it. It's like there was times where I wanted to go to shows and I couldn't. And mm-hmm. a long, you know, that was I, I was talking about. It was a long period of time, and now it's like I'm at the point where I can go to the shows. And thank, like I said, yeah. it, it, the whole WrestleMania not happening, it sucked. But financially, my wife was very happy. <laughs> yeah, um, like I definitely get, I definitely get you now. Like especially, you know, uh, after this year, like after the Royal Rumble, and like you know, like Kobe dies the same day as a Royal Rumble, and it's like. I never saw Kobe Bryant. I never saw Michael Jordan, Shaq, or Kobe Bryant like play in person. I've never seen LeBron play in person. But like after this Kobe, after this Kobe thing happened, like there's not a chance in fuck I'm like you know I'm not going to eventually see LeBron James play before he's out the league. Like I can't I can't allow that to happen. Like too many of my too many of people like I idolized growing up. Like I missed their I missed it. Even though I like I probably could have. It's just one of those things where it's like, you know, you're like, you'll get around to it, you'll get around to it, you get around to it, and then like time passes and like the opportunity's gone and now like you missed it. And like I you know this year in particular, especially now with uh, you know, everybody in quarantine, I was like, you know, some of the stuff that we took for granted it like is now is gonna like once once this shit is through and we're allowed to, you know, come to something resembling um normal life like i hope that people take like what has been taken away from them now like and appreciate you know like that things are not just going to be around forever um and if you have a chance to do stuff or whatever else go try to do it yeah exactly that was uh it for this week's dynamite next week's dynamite may 6 2020 uh, we got a few things announced. Uh, it's going to be live, and from what I understand, they are going to be recording two shows. But the preview of next week, we get the return of MJF, 
AEW World Champion John Moxley versus Frankie Kazarian of SCU. So it's, uh, Kazarian's going to be making a trip from California. In a street fight, we got Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy versus Lasex Gods, Chris Jericho and the Spanish God Sammy Guevara, <laughs> and then Cody versus Joey Janela. Uh, I'm really interested that Hangman's not announced and Nyla's not announced. I'm very surprised by the Nyla, no, no Nyla announcement. But then again, I saw her, uh, her, her, her significant others' uh, tweets today, and like Nyla got got like she got acrylics on her toenails. She ain't going nowhere, bro. <laughs> she she good. Like you know, uh, you know, the word on the street was that you know uh, Tony Khan had told you know the talent like if you don't feel comfortable coming, don't come, and it's not going to cause any type of harm to your push or whatever else, and it looks like. The talent believes them because you know not a lot of people came through, and you know I'm I you know I I'm a person that you know kind of feels like or kind of wishes that like they weren't doing any other wrestling anyway. So like they, I do appreciate the fact that like said like if you want to come come if you don't don't and don't worry about your spot when you come back. I appreciate that and and I hope that like he actually sticks to his word on that and like so you know Nyla wants to keep her feet up. Good for her. Yeah, uh, I think I think Nyla would come. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going to go on. I'm hoping uh, we see a, I mean, we always get some Britt Baker, so yep. uh, we're definitely going to get her. But, you know, that's really taking a hit is the women's division during oh, yeah. this, this period of time. And it's like They've had two shows in the women's matches. Yeah, and it was like, so it's taken like two giant steps back. So you have to reestablish that division when you come back. And I think you might even want to go a little heavy on the dark matches with women on the dark matches if you're going to have AEW dark because you just really need to remind people that, you know, the women's division is there. We do have a women's champion. There's a reason <laughs> this is going to be – there's a reason this is going to be on your pay-per-view because right now you're like, why would you have a women's match on the pay-per-view? Because they haven't been anywhere. Well, I, I mean – I, I you, would say that they did a good – I mean, they two things. Um they did a good job with Britt, obviously. And two is, like, if there's anything... I mean, the, of the few most memorable things that have happened in the, the, the era of the not, empty arena matches, one of them is, like, Sheeta and Britt. Mm-hmm. So, like, and, and, uh, and that was basically to solidify... That match was pretty much to solidify Sheeta's standing as the number one contender. So, like, like I as far as, like, uh, Nyla being, you know away kind of makes you kind of feel like Simon scene for women's division. That's absolutely true. But they did I feel like they did do enough work with Sheeta by her but that match with uh Britt a few weeks ago. I, I do feel that like she is a worthy challenger. We just we haven't seen the champion in a while. And it got you know and in a way it kind of feels like, you know, <laughs> like a part time champion versus, you know, WWE's challenger of the month. Like so, like if we're saying that you know the native beast and the beast are, are kind of similar, like yeah, this parts timing thing is kind of kind of a similarity, yeah, a parallel. Yeah, we uh, yeah, it's like I'm uh, <laughs> what was I thinking? I've lost my train of thought there. But uh, with that, with Nyla, Nyla versus Sheeta would end. I think it'll end up being a good match uh, for I double do or nothing. Um, you know, but. It was like I was really excited about Nyla versus V when they were going to do that. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, and we missed that. That ain't happening no time soon. That's not happening no time soon because of travel. Nope. But, you know, hey, you know what? You know what I see? I see the crack in the door open right now, and I'm peeking through, 
And I'm like, and it's gonna open all the way up soon. And we're gonna, we're gonna be, Floyd's gonna be traveling all over the world once again. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still waiting on my date to buy my Jericho Cruise tickets. <laughs> they haven't sent me my email yet. Bastards. Well, okay, so I was, uh, you, as you know, I watched Stardom. Uh-huh. Um, and Stardom was going to have uh, in late er, April 29th was supposed to be like they were going to do a show in Oda City um, oh, I'm sorry, Oda Ward City Gym um, that's a place where for example last year New Japan Pro Wrestling had their anniversary show right that's since 4,000 people right that was going to be like their second first or second biggest show of all time Stardom and then it got cancelled and like the word is or uh, like Rossi, the owner or CEO, um, said that he wants to run the 10th anniversary show, which will be next January, at Oda City. I'm not even budging on whether or not I'm going to go for that because it's like I don't know what this coronavirus thing is, how long is it last, or whatever else. Like I'm not even thinking about that right now. Maybe if things get more positive and months coming to it, then you know there's still enough time for me to change my mind and to actually you know talk myself into going. You, on the other hand. I can't wait to get on a. I can't wait to get on a on a. <laughs> I can't wait to get in this uh in this pressure cooker with all these people Dude. that might have this thing and be in close proximity. Yeah, me, you are me, a different breed, Floyd. <laughs> let me let me tell you how how I'm ready to go. I am. I have a ticket, buy a plane ticket right now because it got canceled from Orlando. I have a one way flight from Oklahoma City to LaGuardia in New York. I then have a train. For the next day, going from uh, New York to Boston, SummerSlam in, in, in Russell in, Dynasty. Yep, August twenty second. <laughs> I already have it booked. Oh my god! I already have it booked. There you go, sir. I am oh, on a plane man. Friday from Oklahoma City to New York. I'm gonna watch SummerSlam. My train leaves at eight o'clock in the morning on Sunday. Gets into Boston at noon. Then I will be at SummerSlam. Then I fly back from Boston on Monday. What? What? That's how ready I am. That's how ready I am. Got my. Oh my I wasn't goodness. even going to either one of those shows. And it's like, <laughs> I wasn't. Oh I had no God. intention to go to the shows. But, but they took wrestling away from me. Now I got to feel like I got to get it back. <laughs> I don't know what to say, man. I really don't. Yep, yep. It's you, don't be fo- you don't be following no guidelines, no rules, no nothing. You I, 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 hold on, hold on. No. That, and, and that's the exact opposite of the truth. I have followed don't, every... Don't, don't, I, don't, say that, don't say because Oklahoma and Florida have stupidly let down these I, rules. Okay, that you are not- say, I have followed the guidelines laid out to me by my government. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> my government told me to stay, keep my ass at home. I've been at home for like two months uh, as I say it's, and I did it I did I, I did what I was supposed to my government my government has now said on May 1st hey you can go out and do stuff that's when I started going out and do stuff hey that's I'm listening to the guidelines I am following the guidelines you know what this sounds like yeah, no, like, you ever hear about, like, kids where, like, they run up to one parent that, and, like, they ask them something, like, can I do this? And it's something they really want to do, and the parent says no. So what they do is they go right to the other parent and ask, and the other parent is, like, the less responsible one. So the less, or the less, you know, the cooler, more lax one, and uh, 
they and that was like, yeah, sure. Like this feels like you were just you were just basically like just just waving your hands on safety and public health because like you got this 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 very lax ass parent that said, oh, it's okay, yeah. and you know damn well that it's I not will, okay, I but will, you will, still just gonna hide behind all oh, the government says. So yeah, then it's yeah. okay, fine, well, okay, Floyd, whatever. Yeah, because Jeremy and Josh was like, I don't know if Wrestle Dynasty's happening. Well, it ain't, it might not happen in MSG, but Wrestle Dynasty live from Tampa, the Emily Center, or whatever y'all call. <laughs> oh my God, it, it might happen because Florida don't give a fuck. <laughs> oh, Thank you, Florida. I, you've been my favorite state most of my life, and now I know why. You don't care. <laughs> yeah, Florida, Florida, man, Florida is gangster. Then we're gonna get Cody versus Joey Janela in a regular match. I, yeah, yeah, I, I, should I, be good. I, yeah, it should be good. I, I'm not a Joey Janela guy. I know. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not uh yeah just doesn't do anything for me and to to all that he does it's great i i hope to turn the corner on him but he's a very oddly shaped individual <laughs> uh yeah but and this is coming from the fat guy saying someone's oddly shaped it's so weird but i can do that because i just watch wrestling i'm not trying to participate in it i can be oddly shaped someone that actually does it should not be so you want Samoa Joe to have never had a career? I love he's oddly shaped. No, see Samoa Joe. Looks Brock Lesnar's like, oddly shaped. And let me talk. Let me say this: you're <laughs> saying oddly shaped, but what was the key thing at the beginning? They look like they can fight. Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar are very scary individuals. I agree, but that's not. But that's not what you said just no, now. Like no. you're adding context to it, so it's cool now. I yeah. just want. I just wanted to like yeah. use your words against you just Joey quickly. Jo- that's Joey all. Janela is a very tiny uh, person, so <laughs> so it's like, oh, yeah. Like I took a picture with him. I'm like, oh, this is all of you, because I, you know, I had never seen him in real life, but I didn't say that to him because you know, I'm not mean. Uh, better, <laughs> yeah. I, I I was surprised. But then he had Penelope Ford next to him, and I was like, okay, you know, you're more legitimate now. Sorry, when a guy can pull a very attractive woman, I then respect him more. That's how it works. That's how it works, sir. Sorry. Hate me if you want to. I can handle it. I can handle it. Because I'm usually the odd man out on most of our conversations in the social suplex. (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't even you brought that up not me yeah I'm usually the odd man out you I'm brought just, that up not me yeah one one conversation is like I'm arguing with like seven people I quit <laughs> oh I can't remember what it was but you said something that was just so like what and like everybody was jumping in your head and I was like wow I did. I, I would. Ne- I never thought I'd see the day where Floyd being out here just getting just getting jumped on like he's Caleb yeah, I, I was like, I, yeah, it, was, it, it was the Joey Janela thing it was Joey Janela yeah. Went oh, home. yeah. That's yeah. because because you were like, yeah, I, I I'd, I'd rather have like Zach Ryder over Joey Janela. I was like, dude, oh, like, yeah. like okay. as is as is. And I think you were like, yeah. And I'm like, nah, bro. No, this ain't was, this 2020, not 2012. Like, he has two million followers on Twitter. Another <clears> million or so followers on Instagram. He's more known than Joey Janela. So yeah, I would take him. But again, I'm not going into that. Joey Janela is the greatest wrestler in the world. 
He's the biggest draw. <laughs> I, I, no, never... no one said none of that. We were just like this. This person more fits the aesthetic of in the uh, in I guess the uh, the mission statement of what AEW mm-hmm. is and what it represents yeah. and what people hope it to be from the mm-hmm. fan base at large. Mm-hmm. Whereas it, Matt, or as if you bring in, I think it's Matt Cardona, right? That's yeah. what he's running with his real name, like. Unless there are some wholesale changes, he is basically just a WWE guy doing WWE shtick in AEW, and it's like, I don't, I don't know, I don't really. Most people don't really have a use for that, but you know, Floyd yeah. does. Floyd, yeah. Floyd always has a positive. Yeah. He's so positive, he wants to get rid of other people that are already on the roster. I didn't say, I did not say I wanted to get rid of Joey Nadella. What came up is they said, "Would you rather have him or Joey Nadella?" And I was like, "I will take him and all of his followers." and his DIY attitude, who started this whole DIY thing as a wrestler, who started the whole idea of getting yourself over on YouTube, that he has a story that would identify with uh, the AEW fan base. That's all I was saying. And then the bell rings, and then what? I don't know if he's good or bad. I haven't seen him wrestle in like five years. <laughs> like he could be the greatest wrestler ever. We don't know. <laughs> he got in there, he took the other team's finisher, and then he left. That's I, that was... I, I feel like if he was the greatest wrestler ever, then I would, you know, I I I, I feel like I remember back. something from him in the ring, regardless of the you, WWE house out or not. You go to your cage match, which you love, and you find me a match where he last did more than ten minutes and was actually able to show what he could do. Well, I mean, for example, one that comes to mind is like um the uh the ladder match, right? The ladder match when he won at uh, WrestleMania yeah. thirty two. Yeah. Like I mean obviously it's a ladder match, so obviously there's a bunch of stuff going on besides just him or whatever else, but like he can he's a person that's willing to do that so that goes to those kind of lengths to entertain the fans. Um I Pain thought that he pushed just, him off the fucking <sighs> ramp on right. the chair. There was no crash pad. He just right. took that ball. Right. And that was like the either the second or third time he had got murdered in a in a row by Kane um, during that storyline when they were burying him. Um, there's the uh, there's also you know I thought that the um, him and Hawkins going into WrestleMania 35 last year was an interesting story, but like I wish that um, they had gave it more rope, but they didn't because they you know it's WWE and Vince is like at the end of the day like I'm doing this just for the crowd pop and this is really a a, a you know a jobber tag team, um, but like. I thought they were going to do really something more uh, with them. And he, like, I thought, you know, the tag team match they had were okay. I didn't think they were great. I thought they were kind of there. So like, but, I, I still kind was, of wanted to see. Like, it what was one do. of those storyline tag matches where they really weren't supposed to do anything. They were supposed to get beat up and win by a fluke. That's what I'm uh, saying. They oh yeah. The really, matches after. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah they weren't right. really right. allowed to work. So I, I am under the impression you really don't know what Zack Ryder can do. Because he's never been allowed to do it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you're 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 right. It can possibly be that. I just I just feel like if there was something there, we would have seen it at one point or another. I don't know. Over the last eight years, I mean, obviously, you're saying like, well, what, what can you really see? I'm like, well, okay, I can I see. Mean, can I see like, more than just a developmental level wrestler? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if Heath Slater can wrestle. I don't want him. I don't know if he can wrestle because all he does is get beat up. Well, I, <laughs> I, 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 I get you. I just, um, I like when I see like Justin Gabriel or the other, or, you know, compared to like Slater at the time is like, uh, you know, I, one of them is better than the other. I, guess. I will tell anybody 
hey, if I was out of that ability and they said they were going to pay me a few hundred thousand dollars to lose all the time, I would have took it as long yeah. as Zack Ryder and Heath Slater did. And you know what? And when I was done, I hated losing. I would do the same thing. Now, whether Zack Ryder gets get signed or not, no skin off my back. I like him to wrestle, but whatever. But mm-hmm. it's not like he's my favorite wrestler or something. I'm just saying he has a following. He has a look. He has a story that you can tell that would address the AEW crowd. Now, if you get him and the dude can't wrestle, he goes out there and lets out a thud, you can always... No, no, no. no. He can wrestle. Can he wrestle very well? Exactly. That remains to be seen. That's what I'm saying. If he can't wrestle well, you get rid of him. But he has... I'm saying he has some things on the checkbox that would go towards the AEW crowd. I think so too, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't I would rather have uh, Janella. That was like, that was. I, I don't have the affection that other people have for Joey Janella. Oh, I'm not some Janella Mark. Yeah. I think like I yeah. like I, a, in my I, eyes, I've, I've only seen his AEW stuff. And he was a poor man's Mick Foley, and I wasn't that big of a Mick Foley fan. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard like I get the comparison. I've never heard that one yeah, before. Yeah, and I wasn't even a Mick Foley guy. I'm like, he crashes through shit. So? <laughs> I'm like, what else does he do? <laughs> okay, you're you, uh, you really selling uh, Mick Foley storytelling short. But yeah, I get what you mean. No, no, I'm saying that's I, my that whole he crashes through hell shit, what else he does, that's Joey Janela. Mick Foley could get promo, too. You know, Mick Foley could, you know. That's why I call him a poor man's Mick Foley. Gotcha. <laughs> he still can't do everything Mick Foley can in my mind. But gotcha. hey, people can people, like I said, I can't I'm not a hundred percent right on anybody. I'm never gonna be a hundred percent right. Shit. I don't know nothing. It's just an opinion. He does nothing for me. But when he comes out, the crowd pops. That is good. And that's what matters. Cracker barrel clash, I'm watching that glaze eyes glaze, like, okay. I, and let me say, I was in the first row, so everything was like right in front of me. But mm-hmm. it still just it was like, yeah, they're crashing through shit. <laughs> like, all right, cool. Is this almost over yet? Let's get to Cody. <laughs> oh. What match was that? That was a uh, dub. Was that uh full gear? No, that's was full. That was, was double enough. Out. I thought it was all, all out. out. All out. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because that was uh, that was uh, is that the Jericho match? That was Cody and uh, Spears. Oh, it was a world wow. title match, Jericho. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, but like, I will watch, um, I watch Frank Burrow Clash a million times before I watch another Sean Spears Cody match. Like, before I watch a match, but okay. Yeah, well, that's how you felt. Hey, well, your favorite wrestler, your favorite wrestler did not come out in the middle of the match and throw a spine buster on Sean Spears, which that did happen for me uh. in the first row with me staring right at him. Yeah, that's one of the greatest wrestling moments ever for me. I never, like, you know how you say you never got to see Jordan live and that was depressing? You about to say, like, Paul, are you about to compare Arn Anderson to no, Michael? No, 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 I'm talking about favorite players. That's only, you said you never, okay. got, to see, you just never okay. got to see Jordan live. It'd be like, oh, okay, you're sitting there in the middle and it's like, oh, Jordan's going to come in and play. You're going to be like, uh-huh. you're going to be like, I don't care how if he's fucking fifty. I get to see Michael Jordan play basketball. 
I I see that's kind of a lot different. Like I'd be like, oh, you are in your mid fifties. Yeah. You might tear an Achilles. You might want to sit your <laughs> yeah. ass down. Yeah. But, but, but you know, yeah. whatever. It's yeah. wrestling. Wrestling's not as high impact as yeah. basketball. So yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah so, you come out here and throw a spine buster. That's fine. Yeah, and it was like I never. Anderson retired before I even went to live shows, like on mm-hmm. like any regular consistency. So gotcha. the WrestleMania thing happened with the Undertaker. I never thought I would see this. Then I'm in the building, not knowing it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Arn rolls in. And right. does, spawn bus, does yeah. a spawn bus for no reason. Yeah. And then like leaves for no reason. Like, and then like, and then Tully leaves from behind him for no reason. Five right. feet in front of me. <laughs> it was like, dude, this was, that was, that was my moment. It was like my current, it was like, and then you say, huh, you know, you're, your current favorite wrestler and your like all time favorite wrestler are now in this managerial, you know, managerial wrestler relationship. And I'm like, this is great until one of them screws each other, which you know is going to happen. Oh, God. I haven't asked yet, but has Arn not been there because of the, oh. like, because of AIDS. Yeah, I almost said AIDS. Why the fuck would I say AIDS? Yeah, because, of, say because of COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, because of COVID and the 60s, you know, older so, people. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. Okay. So it, it, it depresses me that he's not there. And yeah. <laughs> and it's funny. Like, once he's once he was there, I was like, uh, why does Randy even have to come out to the ring after that? But, you know, Cody tells stories the way he does. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so I am down with that. Well, I think we've covered everything on the show. We, and we've like, covered more than that on the yeah, show. <laughs> yeah, and, and then more than some people want. Uh, this has been an extended show. Uh, we want to remind you this show is brought to you by Power Slam t- TV. If you enter in Social Suplex, uh, at, at, you get the first month free. Uh, make sure you're following all of us on the social media. That's at AT Elite Pod, at Social Suplex, at Phoenix AEW, and at All Elite Tiffany. Uh, James, you're at James Boyd, right? Yep. Oh, no, at James Boyd 87. At James Boyd 87, and then at One Nation Radio. Yep. Yep. So make sure you're following all of those. Uh, One Nation, listen to James and Rich on One Nation Radio. Uh, on Sunday nights, it's usually when the show drops. It's the sh- my first show I listen to every week. I always tell people that. It's hilarious. They don't love Cody as much as I think they should. But oh, I actually let me, be, let me be real. Rich does not love Cody at all. <laughs> James does not love him as much as I think he should. No, 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 no. Rich, Rich likes Cody. I think the thing with Rich is that like Rich, um, I think Rich likes everything about Cody until the bell rings and then Cody does the stuff he does that like it that just feels like yeah, like. I think I think me and Rich have like likened him at times to like um someone like Drake or to like uh Josh Smith, for example, that used to play for the Atlanta Hawks is like, Bro, you are so talented. Like if you just stop taking these long twos when you can't when like you probably shouldn't take these long twos, you be you, you, we would never have anything bad to say about you. It's like with Drake, it's like if you stop doing these these sad songs that make you sound like this lame loser misogynist dork, like and you just rapped, like I think I think like, you know, I think that we would like appreciate you a lot more. And it's like same thing with Cody. Like if you cut off some of these shenanigans in your matches, like, and focus more on like the actual, you know, the stuff like the, the meat and potatoes as opposed to the sizzle. Like, I feel like 
a lot more people will be happy with the stuff you do on a lot versus the base, which is already a hype clip anyway. I just feel like he misses the landing by doing so much stuff sometimes. Um, yeah. So like you know that that's me with Cody, and I feel like you know Rich is more quick. To, if something's like something he's not he doesn't like, like he's more quick to just you know dunk on you know just go nuts on it than I am. Yeah, uh, big thing with uh, big thing with Cody. All he said is like I wish he would save like the things like Brandy taking a bump and the water bottle like in this match. I wish he would save that for the pay per views. You know what I mean? I wish <laughs> him and Darby would have just had a regular match with the same ending. I just don't think the outside stuff was needed. But you know what? You let your painter paint. You know what? Or as Cody says, play his music. And that's that's Cody's song. That's, the, the, you know, he he on the 808s, and all of his beats kind of sound the same, but, you know, has subtle differences. So that's what Cody does. So I accept that as a part of his gimmick. But, yeah, and sometimes I'm just like, dude, does it have to be every match? Oh, oh! So when I say it is a problem, but because you love Cody so much, you can he say it, right? From, from face okay. of love. Remember when uh, Snoop Dogg said, "I'm I'm such a crip, I can wear red." Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. such a Cody fan. I can say something I don't like because you know what? As soon as I can say what I don't like, but the bandana and the T-shirt are on the way from pro wrestling tees. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I can say that, but yeah, that shit's still on the way. When he does, that, uh, when he does a meet and greet, you know who's gonna be in there saying, "Here's my money," you know. <laughs> I think I got more pictures with Cody than I do with any member of my family, including my wife. <laughs> okay, you need to go off air. You take you doing too much now. <laughs> Let's say goodbye to the people. All right. Well, we like to thank you for listening. Thanks, you James, for joining me this week. I always enjoy our shows. We go off on crazy, crazy tangents, and I love it. Uh, anything you got? Anything else to plug? Um, no, just um, look out for One Nation Radio tomorrow. Yes. Um, we'll be posting. I don't know what the hell we're going to be talking about. Probably some of the stuff here. What's up with? Uh, Rich, to get his perspective, um, talk about NXT tomorrow, and I really don't know what else, but we're probably the Jordan documentary from last week, and we'll we'll figure out a way to stretch that out to probably an hour and 50 minutes like we normally do. All right. Well, just remember, whether you are home or work or newly allowed to go to restaurants and places and <laughs> such, always do your best to be elite. <laughs>